This episode is brought to you by Box Drop Norfolk. Box Drop Norfolk carries the best quality mattresses and furniture at the lowest price. They get truckloads of new overstock couches and mattresses at a great price and pass the savings on to you. They are a family-owned and operated business. Nate, Rebecca, and daughter Natalie keep their overheads low so they can price these all below retail. The mattresses and furniture are all new and come in limited quantities. Selection may vary. Message them on Facebook. Come check them out. Save some money. Mention you heard about them from this podcast episode. Drop the name Touching Base. Get an extra $30 off. My next guest is a Northeast Nebraska native. His love for racing and cars prompted him to start Meyer Tool Service. Cam, thanks for making time to be here today. Thanks. Appreciate being here. No problem. I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Neidig. Nice to meet you, Cam. And we are touching base with Cameron Meyer today. Uh, Cam, let's kind of start a little bit in the beginning. Get a little history on you so the viewers can kind of, or the listeners can kind of get a little bit of background. You grew up in Pierce, Nebraska, correct? Yep, correct. Born and raised? Yep, yep. Lived there my whole life. Awesome. Did you go to Pierce High School then? I did not. I actually graduated in 2006 from Lutheran High. So oh, I went Luther. to Yep, we went to Zion and Pierce till eighth grade, went up to Lutheran High, and uh, from there I went to uh, School of Automotive Machinists in Houston, Texas, which is kind of a racing school, kind of reads into what I'm all doing. Yeah. Uh, went down there. That was really when the economy declined. Race teams were laying people off. So I really came back here with nothing and just started working. Nice. So I didn't realize you. So you traveled every day to Lutheran High then. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Every day. See, I learned something new too all the time when yeah. we do this. Um, how was that? I mean, having to travel every day and you know, it wasn't too bad. You know, we got a lot more snow days. My brother went to school in Pierce and everything. We got way more <laughs> snow days than they did. Really? Yeah. Cause then everybody coming from all the towns, you know, Battle Creek, Madison. I mean, we had people down from almost Columbus that would come every day. So we got way more snow days if it ever got any hmm. crappier out. I guess I didn't realize that many different cities went to Lutheran High. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. There's, there's quite a few. I feel like I want to say all the, all the towns around here. I bet there's somebody up there. Is that like all. the only Lutheran like probably i'm trying to think High of another around. columbus has got one right i think i think lakeview i, th- oh, I thought it was lakeview, catholic like, oh is it catholic yeah but mm-hmm. i could yep. be wrong i'm not 100 <laughs> sure on that hmm. i'm not either Let me to do no, Sco- there's a scotus oh there is a yep. scotus yep, scotus right. is catholic lakeview mm-hmm. would probably not be catholic then so I guess, how was that experience for you in high school? It was it was nice. I enjoyed the small class size. It was fun. Um, so I'm you, not you a, and I graduated the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were 06 yeah, too, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was nice. A lot of my friends from Zion went up there. I mean, there was seven of us in my eighth grade class at Zion, and okay. five of us went to Lutheran High. So I had a good chunk of friends, at least, that I went up there, and there was 40-some kids in my class. It was fun. I wasn't really athletic in high school or anything. <laughs> so I didn't really, you know, like Pierce athletics, you know, yeah. it just goes hand in hand. So I was like, ah, we'll go to Lutheran high. I didn't really do a lot of sports or anything. I literally just started working when I was 16. Where'd you work? Uh, my first job was ag and industrial, I believe here in Norfolk. He does machine work on blocks and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, just shop cleanup, just go up there. Hey, work on this side of the shop today. Hey, work on that stuff. Just basic. So you were a mechanic. From the beginning. Yeah. That's all you really ever want to do. Yep. So my dad owns a mechanic shop and this is kind of how I introduce myself when I walk into a new shop or talk to customers like, Hey, are you familiar with Pierce? Uh, yep. Yep. I am. Okay. Well, you know, that gas station that's right next to Napa or the fire hall there. Yeah. That's Tom service. That's my dad. And everybody's like, Oh, Tom, you know, that's so I have to introduce myself. Everybody knows my dad kind of a thing, but yeah, you're he's not on Cam Meyer. You're Tom's boy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's on that for 40 some years. So a lot of people know him, but, uh, 
yeah, he's, I've been around the mechanics and side my whole entire life. Did his love for vehicles then play a part in your the path you went down? Yeah, not till I was like 14 or 15. Oh, so it took a while. Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an like, early thing. I mean, it was because we'd go drag racing and stuff like that. Mm. He's done that his whole life. But like, it wasn't until I was 14 or 15 that I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to get into. Was there ever a thought of working for him? No, I never. Actually, I'm going to take back my first job. I remember this now. I worked at Jerry's Trailers and Campers. Oh, really? Yeah, I worked out there. I remember that one now. <clears throat> nice. Uh, and I never wanted to work for family. I just seen so many like inner fighting and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, never, never working for family, never doing it. So, huh. There's, there's, there's always a catch on that. You know, some people do and some people don't. I worked for my mom, but um, it was, it was fun while it lasted. Well, we all like, I mean, cause she owned the car lot and everything. Yeah. So, like, I did technically work you for my worked, dad. I, yeah. yeah, I worked. As Vance does, he gets volunteered yeah. to. <laughs> it's, uh, they always thing. say you can't do business with family, but then mm-hmm. again, I mean, you got to have your family. That's, I mean, we got a lot of, <clears throat> I grew up on a farm, obviously, and it's a, it, that's a family business, whether you're really in it or not. Oh yeah, exactly. My dad always says he's going to double our pay. <laughs> it's really easy <laughs> yeah. to double zero. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can hear him saying that right <laughs> now too. All the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mom works pay. with us now too. So, I mean, it's like a, yeah. it's a whole circle mm-hmm. kind of. Um, so how did you like, so you went to college and you said in Houston. Yep. Explain. Is that like a big college for that? So it's somewhat, no, not really. It's pretty small, uh, small trade school, essentially, is what I would call it. Love trade school. Yep. I'm a huge proponent of it. Obviously, with what I do every day, big proponent of that stuff. Um, there was maybe 50, 60 kids, and they died it up. They had a morning class and an afternoon class. One was engine block, one was cylinder head. Um, just teaching you, like literally, we would build race engines, and the school literally had race cars. Hmm. Some of the students would go to the races with them, work on the cars. I mean, it was pretty high performance. And I guess not not a big school, but like, was it a like a prestigious school for that so particular what it, vocation? What it is now, it has really grown in. It has grown a lot. They have a lot more programs. For what it is, it's very specialized. Okay. There's not maybe one or two other colleges in the country you could go and do something like that. Okay, so, it was, so okay, it's like the Harvard specific. of auto racing? Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. Which Harvard isn't great right now. Yeah, yeah I don't know if you want to use that. On, but. <laughs> so did you originally want to just work on race cars then? Yeah, that's literally what I just, I want to do that. Um, and it opened up some doors and stuff like that. Uh, the problem is when you graduate in a one-year program, you're 19 years old, and a lot of race teams, you insurance requirements and stuff like that. Well, they got to be like 22, 25? Yeah, there was teams that don't even hire anybody if experience. they're under 30 mm. um, just because, you know. The trucking industry is turning into that mm-hmm. where you, yeah. you got to have at least five years of experience to even get insured. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, so where do you get the experience? How do you, yeah, how do you get it? It's like driving your motorcycle to the courthouse you know, like right. to get your license yeah. and everything. Um, so you, you wanted to be like on a pit crew? Yeah, anything NASCAR? really. Like, So I actually was pretty fortunate. So I got out of school. We actually had, and if I, racing <clears> terms or anything, if I ever say anything technical, just let me, I can always dumb things down. Oh, we will ask. Don't yeah, worry. no, that's fine. So... Uh, in drag racing, the NHRA, they have a top fuel. It's one of the fastest cars in the world. So there was a team based out of Omaha, and through my dad, we knew some people, one of the guys from Osceola. Hey, my kid did this. Uh, yep, we could definitely use him. So I basically they'd call me up and say, hey, we're going to go to this race, be down here Wednesday. So I'd go drive down to Omaha Wednesday. We'd drive, leave to go to the races, and I, I was on the crew. So everything behind the engine is what I was in charge of. So the rear end gear, the wing, the tires, there's a catch can back there. That was me. I was a 19-year-old kid, and I was I was there. Probably having the time of your life, dude. Huh? It was great. Um, <clears throat> I made decent money. They paid for everything. It was a it was an awesome experience. I I'd never want to give that up again. Sounds like it. Are you so you're not doing any of that now though? 
No, no. So it's just me. Yeah. Okay. Um, going back to the, to that though, how long did you do that for then? Uh, one season, and then the team just the, the owner literally funded everything out of his pocket, oh. and they just shut down. They just no ran sponsorships out of money. Yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is the season for something like that? So it'll start in February. They're probably not too far away from starting. It'll go all the way into November. So I mean, there's oh. generally 23, 24 events that they're going to. Is that traveling all the way across the yeah, United States? Literally one side to the other. And so you, were you fly, Were you driving with the team? Or yeah, we were flying? driving. Driving. Yeah. So a lot of miles. Yeah. Did you guys stay in hotels or yep, like yep. a camper? Just a hotel. They usually, it was actually kind of crazy. So there's a company that literally all they do is book hotel rooms for race teams. So the hotel we'd stay at, a ton of other race teams would be there. Yeah. So you go down to the bar at the end of the night and there are 20, 30 guys sitting down Chalking there. Chalking it up with other mm-hmm. racers. That's a lot like uh, the livestock showing world. Same yeah. thing. We're all. Yeah. Everybody knows just, everybody. I spent a work week at National Western Stock Show and yeah, you'd go down in the lobby and have beers with. The people that you yeah, were just, just in the yeah. yards with. Yep. It's kind of your own community and everybody. Oh, yeah, exactly. And the camaraderie other, so and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Was that a lot of stress for you being 19 and having that all that responsibility? Yes and no. So the team would put stress on me because doing the tires on the car, at one point in time, somebody actually forgot to torque the lug nuts on the car Ooh. years before me. And it broke the wheel off. The car went sideways, went up on the wall. That's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. Yeah. Super dangerous. I mean, those cars will go in the quarter mile or in a thousand feet now. They'll I mean, go basically, th- you have somebody's life in your hands. Yes, exactly. Being 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> How fast are those getting then? Uh, in a thousand foot, they're going roughly, I mean, 330 mile an hour. Holy. <laughs> I mean, on the starting light, sticky. You have to make sure your sh- shoes are tight because yeah. if you're not walking, your shoes will literally pop off. It's so sticky. Wow. So when the cars take off, it'll actually put you back and you feel your feet move inside your shoes <laughs> because there's so much force coming right? back at you. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine. I, I would never it's, do it. It's insane. It's the craziest oh, I think feeling. It'd be a riot. Yeah. I think it'd be a riot. I just don't, I don't know. I'd but do it, it happened Maybe so 10 fast. Years ago. Be, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd do crazy. it. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, you didn't do any other pit crew work? Nope. Nope. That was kind of the extent of that. You know, I turned 21 and I just didn't really have the contacts I had when I was 19. You know, yeah. there was some stuff going around. I just couldn't, just couldn't get back on anything. So when did you first start racing? So 2009 would have been my first year. I was 21 years old. Um, we so started, was after the pit crew stuff. Yep. Yep. Moved back here. Just decided this is where I'm going to be. Got like, a where job. were you living then when you were doing the pit crew? So I was still in Pierce. Oh, you were still? Yep. Okay, I was okay. basically just odd jobs here and there. Gotcha. You know, just, just filling to, in. Okay. Yeah. Just doing stuff until they'd call me up. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry. Because I, no, no, you're good. I graduated in probably July of that year. And okay. then so like July, August, September, October, November kind of a thing. I think we went to like six shows. Nice. So. Um, so getting into racing. Yep. So 2009, I started racing four cylinders out here at Riviera. And it was just kind of a whim, like. Hey, somebody's got a car for sale. It's something I want to do. So I bought a car on a Saturday. Two weeks later, we were literally racing. Wow. So it was a really fast thing. And it Did was, you have sponsors yet at that point? Nope. Nope. Never even <laughs> asked anybody. We literally, uh, a guy that worked for my dad painted the car and we put the, put it all together. And um, so it, was in, it was interesting that first night. Sure. I think that four-cylinder thing I've always thought would be just an absolute riot. Just It was a just good time. Go. <laughs> it was a good time um, compared to what I do now, though. I'll do what I do now every weekend. Really. What's, what's the biggest difference? Can you explain so, for the listeners? The, front, the uh, four-cylinder cars, our front-wheel drive car, just like anything you drive on the car. The car we drove, uh, like in the next following years, was a Chevy Cavalier. Uh, we looked for a specific model engine, um, and yeah, just anything off the street, and you just put your tune-up in it, essentially, your yeah. special setup, and, and go race it. 
you know, and find <laughs> out what works, what doesn't work. I have a notebook of way stuff that didn't work and right. what did work. So your dad wasn't into racing at all before you wanted to do it as no. far as like racing himself. No, he actually, he's drag raced, um, for forever. You oh, know, since really? he was, okay. yeah, probably my age when I first started racing. Okay. Okay. I don't know exactly what year he started, but no, he's been drag racing for forever. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense now. Yeah. Um, so how long did you do the four cylinder for? So we ran a partial season in 2009, uh, 10, 11 and 12 were, uh, full-time seasons, um, we, ha- we race in a sanctioning body called IMCA, and that's a national sanctioning body. So I can literally take my car under their set of rules and go race anywhere in the country, anywhere. So in 2011, we really got big into that. And we went out, and I think we ran 30, 40 shows probably, and I think we won 10 or 12 nights. We ended up fifth in national points. And at the end of the year, the national banquet and everything, I was like, I want to win this next year. And we found a new car, and I feel like we were ahead of technology over here. Some guys in Iowa had some stuff, and we got over here. And in 2012, we ran 55 nights, we won 34 races, and we had 15 second place finishes. Wow. And we won the national championship that year. That's awesome. And that I year, didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. That year, that was that we broke a record for the most wins in our class. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Where were you traveling? Like, what, where the furthest you went? So the biggest one, I don't think we went into Kansas. So we, we, we even now we kind of go into Kansas, Iowa, but we... Probably around here, we could do it a lot. We could race Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we'd go up and do Sundays. So Thursdays, we would race in Columbus. Uh, Fridays were Albion. Saturdays were Norfolk. And then Sundays, you have Sioux City up there. So we had three, four nights a week oh. pretty consistently. But you weren't having to travel too far for no, these races? For, for the most part, no. I'm pretty fortunate back then. It's tougher now. Right. But back then, no, for the most part, we really didn't have to. That's crazy. You were able to win a national yeah. championship just staying around. Yeah, for the most part. Iowa, yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Did you so without getting into specifics? What was the the money like for winning some of that stuff, winning the national championship that year? So it's not the money you win; it's the contingencies. Got you. So like, I got a free fire suit. You know, that's seven eight hundred dollars. Right. You know, helmet. Um, I can't remember what it all was, but that was the contingency. The money wasn't great. Right. Um, I have a really cool ring because of I have a Super Bowl ring, is what I call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, but no, all the contingencies are everything. That's what makes it all worth. So you're it. really, I was gonna say, you're really into it just for the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Oh mostly. yeah, exactly. No, there's no money to be made racing really. Hmm. At least at that level anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the NASCAR people are more like sponsorships, right? Correct. It's all sponsorship. Yep. Yep. Sponsorship yeah. driven. Uh, they don't release the purses on that stuff anymore, but there's a lot. Oh, they don't? No, they, you don't. Yeah, probably the last seven, eight years. We don't really know what they get paid for the TV money gotcha. from the track or anything like that. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Don't most, I don't know why they don't really post that stuff anymore, to be honest. Hmm. I thought most, uh, I guess it's, I don't know how they run, but that's just odd that hmm. they got rid of that. Hmm. Um, so you, that was all four-cylinder. Yep. So walk us through moving up in divisions. So in 2013, uh, we decided to move up to an IMCA Northern Sport Mod. And what that is, is there's no front fenders. Um, it's a 68 to 72-year uh, Chevy Chevelle front end and then they make a tube chassis from behind that so it's all custom built literally the everything shows up in a box essentially and these guys these specific builders will build it um to how they want to within the set rule package that we have um and then yeah we've been doing that ever since actually um what's the biggest difference as far obviously it's lighter oh yeah the, the four cylinders are lighter they're actually no they're very similar are they um so our cars are, these are Chevy V8s is what we run. We run what I call a built motor, which we, me and my dad build ourselves. Um, they weigh 2,500 pounds with me in them. Uh, full on racing tires and everything like that. Uh, 
they do have a crate option, so you can actually go down to our local Chevy dealership and buy a crate motor if you really wanted to. We choose, we've switched over and <laughs> choose to build our own now. Right. Kind of cool that way. Um, but the biggest difference is rear wheel drive, a lot more power. We're 400 some horsepower in a 25 pound car, 2,500 pound car. Hmm. Um, way more fun. There's way faster. more, way faster. Yep. You get a lot more, there's more adjustments. So in the four cylinder, you're really just, there's not a lot you can work with. It's stock components. And we've figured out things over the years and everything doing enough. But with the sport mods now, I can change something an eighth of an inch and feel it in the seat. Oh, really? So I can move a bar that holds a rear end in. I can lengthen or shorten that and really feel it in the seat. Hmm. And then, so it doesn't take a lot to be far off, you know, some of that stuff. That's crazy. I know I, I'm trying not to, I don't want to go too fast through this because I'm, I'm sure we're missing stuff on the four cylinder stuff too. Um, obviously the, the one you're in now is faster. Is it more dangerous? Because uh, you're going faster, or do you no, have more I feel around you? S- no, the car's safer. I really do feel like the cars are safer. Uh, safety's I, a pretty big concern. I was just going to say, watching that four-cylinder thing, I think that's why I think it's more fun, because it's it yeah. looks more dangerous There's to me. No, like, no, it, like, it's just kind of like, just go as fast as you can, yeah. ride the brake as you can, and yeah. uh, Robin's racing type yep. of thing. The other cars, uh, yeah, way more money wrapped into mm-hmm. it, and yeah, Robin happens or whatever, but yep. you you got too much more power, so you're a little more crazy careful about hitting stuff and i thought those four cylinder guys just it's a different just form like of racing go mm-hmm. like how fast are you I going in the four awesome. cylinders uh out here they're maybe going <clears throat> 45 50 ish and i'd say we're probably 60 to 70 out here in off-road when i say out here off-road yeah, yeah. speedway out here uh it's a smaller track so this would be like considered like a smaller three eights uh now a cool junction down there uh just south of york that's a half mile I mean, down there, we're probably going 90, 95 on something like that. Is that a dirt track? Yep. Same. Yep. So do you mostly race dirt tracks? Yeah, it's all dirt track stuff. Yep. There's really only, I think, one asphalt track, and it's in out in western Nebraska. So it's just not something we have around here. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Is that just due to money? Uh, I don't know. You know, just never took off around this area. Iowa's got a couple, but it's primarily dirt track. But you get up to like Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got a ton of asphalt tracks, really? you know, Kansas dirt tracks. It's just goofy. It's all regional based, really. Yeah. How hard are the dirt tracks to maintain in between like races, weeks, days? So that's where really, I mean, that's that's where your money's made on the dirt track. It's all prep and everything like that. So they each crew has a, a track prep crew. They'll come out, disc it up, uh, water it. And that all kind of depends on what kind of race we're going to have. If they put a lot of water down, we're going to have what I call a hammer down where it's it's easier to drive, but you're, you're moving. You have all the grip in the world. You know, it's like right now with all the snow on the ground, you're hitting the ice and it's tough to get going <laughs> yeah. as opposed to dry stuff. I mean, there's instant grip. Um, but when there's not as much moisture, it'll slick off. And then it's like, you're literally racing on ice. Really? So the track prep, it really depends. And, and there's, that's the challenge of what we do night in, night out on that stuff is to try and get better on a certain type of track, which is usually dry slick around here. Um, that's all it, you know, just the adjustments on the car and everything. Um, one adjustment, you could literally take you from a winning car to a fifth place car instantly. And that's, you said that was your guy, like your specific crew, each, each so, driver has a crew no, or just the, the race the track, track. Okay, the track okay. will have a crew. Yeah. That's pretty that'll, cool. That'll come do all that. Volunteers. Yep. Most of the guys that work on any of the circle tracks, anything around here, all volunteer work, you know, I'm sure they're getting compensated and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of volunteer hours and stuff like that to put in the time and the effort just because, we all love the sport so much. We don't want to lose it or anything like that. You know, right. without it, we wouldn't have a lot. How many racers are there around here? Um, in all the divisions. So, ra- racers. Racers. Um, man, 
Quite a few. Quite a few. Oh, I honestly okay. say in just Norfolk on a given night, you know, we can get almost a hundred cars. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Is that yeah. from all around Northeast yeah. Nebraska? So, I mean, is it- you could have people traveling. That goes kind of back to our sanctioning body, our IMCA sanctioning body. Um, guys will come down from Sioux City. I mean, you can literally travel wherever. Uh, we were pretty fortunate last January a year ago. Uh, me and my dad drove down to Arizona and still the same sanctioning body. So we were fat, uh, perfect in the rules package. And we went down there and raced uh, with a buddy down there, a couple buddies. That's really cool. Yeah. So you can kind of just pick up and if yep. there's a race going. Yep. Do you have to let them know ahead of time nope, type of thing? You just or? show up. You just show up. Yep. We registered for that race. So yeah, they kind of yeah. knew we were coming. But yeah, if you want to show up, you just show up and race mm-hmm. that night. And they so, just base the heats off of mm-hmm. how many car counts and stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, B features, stuff, uh, you know, consolation races and stuff like that, depending on car count and everything. So what would be the next step of where you're at now if you wanted to move up? So there'd be two options for us. So I race a non-fendered modified. Uh, they have a, a next class up with more um, power, essentially. Um, so that's really what the de- that's really what you're doing. Yeah, you're doing more, more power. power. Yep, more power, more adjustments and stuff like that. And then they have a late model, which we run out here at Off-Road Speedway. Um, I really don't have any desire. I'm probably on the back end of my racing career. We're getting old. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting old. It gets tougher every year. <laughs> a lot tougher. Um, I'm probably stuck in a sport mod. You know, there was talks yeah. a few years ago about moving around, but uh, I think we're just going to stick it out for the next few years and just kind of see where we go and time and always money. You know, it's always hard to say where we're going. That's what I was going to say. You, between you and your family, you guys have probably put a lot of your own, like, obviously your yeah. own money into yeah. all this, mostly yeah. probably your own Yeah, money. I don't ask, being a business owner, I don't go around and ask other businesses for sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few guys, I kind of let people come talk to me. That's generally where it is, so performance-based and stuff like that. Um, we started running better a few years ago and it's kind of funny, you know, people go to winning organizations essentially yeah. and I get a little bit more sponsorship because of that, which That's makes good. it a lot easier. Yeah. That's awesome. How many, uh, how many times around does it take you on a night to see how the track's running? I can generally look at it before we even step on the track. Oh, you don't even, yeah, I can generally look at it and make a pretty educated guess and get the setup pretty close. Um, I've been doing this long enough. I can look and be like, well, it's like this now, but in halfway through our race, it's going to do this. So let's adjust the car to do this. You know, it might be a little give and take here and there, but for the most part, yeah, I can generally look at it and have a pretty good idea. Especially if you pull out of the track, you're like, all right, you could gas it up and you're like, oh, the little slick spot here. It's got a little moisture down there. That's really what we look for at the end of the night when the track does get slick. Any little pocket of moisture is grip. So that's really, you'll kind of drive around, you kind of look and stuff like that, you know? And uh, just look for any little bit of like darker dirt, realistically. Hmm. I don't know how you see that when you got all those cars and <laughs> everything. Although you're probably usually in the in, in, ahead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I'd like to sure try to be anyway. So when you're when you're driving, let's say back in the four cylinders, and he was saying there's a lot of rubbing going on. Mm-hmm. Did that happen quite? Oh a bit? yeah, it's it's definitely a different form of race and everything like that. It's definitely more aggressive. Um, they're naturally hard cars to drive on dirt. The more you're in the gas, the more the car doesn't want to turn. So they will literally come in and hit and kind of like use you as a board. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now with the, with the newer, with the ones you're driving now, is there less of that or? For the most part. Yeah. yeah. It's not near as crazy. I mean, there's definitely some, some crazy drivers out there. Um, I'm not going to name names or anything you don't, like yeah, that. Don't name any names. I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, there's more respect and everything like that too. I'd say. Yeah. I think I was out there one night. I don't know if it was you or your brother that there was an issue. Oh yeah. It's, you I mean, had it's, gotten, one of you had gotten hit 
or something and spun you guys. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but it was. It, was it's, it happens. I mean, it's racing. Bad. This and, has been many years back, but. and it's. I mean, tempers flare. You know, you're July night, 110 well, it's degrees com- it's out. Competition, and it's just it. Yeah, yeah, we're very competitive people and stuff like that. It's crazy. Any fights? Um, physical fights nope, or verbal nope. fights? Uh, verbal fights. Yeah, yeah, I've always had that. I'm. I'm definitely not a fighter. I'm not either. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to take a punch really well. I don't think I've ever even swung a punch. I'm being honest with you. But maybe once never or twice. Had to. Maybe use, my brother. I, maybe I use my words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. It's just one of those things uh, I've learned over the years. Now, now that I'm a little older and calm down, it's yeah. just racing's racing. Well, you got a family now. Yep. It makes a difference when you're not just a young buck. Oh yeah, exactly. Hothead yeah. and stuff like that. You definitely get calmer as you get older. Yeah. Uh, tell us a couple of uh, stories, good or bad. So you got any good stories over your career racing? Man, there's there's so many of them, you know, just to fight adversity. There's there's times, uh, I'll never forget the one time we went up to Sioux City on a random Sunday night, and we were bad. We didn't even race the feature race. We showed up, and we were terrible. I tried something on the car. It was the worst it ever been, and I left, and I was defeated. Just literally like, my God, what have we done to the car? And <laughs> went back and worked on it all week long. We go to Albion on Friday night, the next the next race, and just kick their butt. And that was great. Just the sweet redemption we've got right. on some of that stuff. It, uh, it's awesome. And that's probably the biggest, most rewarding thing, you know, to, to take something that just didn't work and we fixed it. And uh, um, trying to think of just some other points. You know, Any just bad the, wrecks or anything? I've had some pretty good wrecks. I've had my bell rung a couple good times, I'm sure. We've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've rolled twice. Uh, one time we completely destroyed the car. Ooh. Uh, guy hit me in the right front. And I just kind of tried saving it and it rained the night before. And I went into the infield and there's no guardrail went through the infield. And I'm like, there's the next, there's the corner. I'm going to make it. And the grass was wet. And I turned the wheel in the car and it didn't turn. And I hit a big irrigation tire and rolled, oh, wow. landed on my wheels. And I like, all right, everything's moving. Tried firing the car up and tried going. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, like stop. <laughs> the car's like, it ain't, you ain't going. And then one time down in Columbus, yeah, same thing. A guy clipped me and hit the inside berm and I rolled over and we actually, Got the car fixed in that feature, started in the back and ended up fourth that night. Hmm. That's um, crazy. That's yep. good. I mean, good. When you ruin a car, how hard, like for people that maybe don't know much about racing and I don't know a whole lot, mm-hmm. if you total a car, like you said in the first story, is there any getting that back on the track? Sometimes. So they can fix cars. Like what we're in now in the modifieds, there's a... Uh, with the stub and everything, it all kind of depends on how bent it really is. Bent, broke, anything like that. I've jacked them up pretty good before. We've never like totaled out, knock on wood, uh, never totaled out a, one of our sport mods or anything like that. But we've bent the stub, uh, which is the frame horns and stuff like that, and had to take it to frame machines and stuff like that, pull it out, re-weld, cut, do anything, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, sometimes we have to take it back to the people that build the car and say, hey, I'm not good enough with this. You guys fix this stuff all the time. Go fix it. Well, so is it, I mean, obviously it's made out of metal. Mm-hmm. Yep, just a tube chassis. Okay. Yep, just inch and three-quarter tubing. I mean, there's just a bunch of pipe welded together is really all it is. And then the, like the stuff where the decals are. Is yep, that it's, just... a, it's a giant wrap. So okay. there is a local wrap company that we use. Or I mean, there's tons of wrap companies now. They yeah. just get bigger and bigger and bigger um, the more we go get into this stuff. Is it um, metal sides or vinyl um, or like plastic? That's, that's what I was going to get at. Is it? Yeah, so <clears> the, the, the body's all sheet metal. And then it's just okay. a vinyl wrap over that. So it's just metal. We just literally, I mean, you pound so it out. So that sheet metal is not really no. um, going to 
do well in, a, in an accident. No, it's it's meant to bend and give away right. and stuff like that. It's good so, to yeah. keep. Yeah, that's exactly to it. Keep it that we way. bolt everything on. So at the end of the night, when you see the cars are all destroyed, we can unbolt the whole body and you just literally just grab a hammer and just go to town. Start <laughs> hammering yeah. shit. Yep. You get really strong in the summer. I'm swinging sure. big hammers and everything. <clears throat> That's, I mean, that's really cool. So the, even on the the Ford, like the Cavalier, mm-hmm. was that the same or so is that I mean, that's still a, a Cavalier that's a, body? Yeah, it's still an OEM body panel, but you just take off your fender quarter panel, or, you know, not the quarter panel, but the mm-hmm. door or anything like that and just pound it out. I might grab a two by four, pour the powers or anything like that and kind of cool. hydraulically press that kind of stuff out. Um, you just get good at it eventually. You wreck enough stuff, you just get good at fixing sure. stuff like that. <laughs> Which is probably a good or a bad thing. Yeah, right? pros and cons. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other stories that you wanted to tell? Uh, you know, just winning that national championship in 2012 was pretty cool. You know, being the first one from early around here, we've had some guys run really well and, um, win some other big awards, you know, um, but winning that first one was pretty cool. My brother was pretty fortunate. He kind of took over my program, my four cylinder program when we moved up. So he's actually won three national championships. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I I can't remember the years. Yeah. 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 He's won three of them. So we've got four between the two of us. Um, he raced in the four cylinder class way longer than I did. He had no really desire to move up like I did. But between the two of us, well, if you're winning championships, I mean that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I mean that's just it. When you're on top, you know, you're, yeah. you're running good. And every you're year. already in the next one, so <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, we've probably got over 300 wins between the two of us. That's crazy. Um, I'm probably 80 ish, but I only ran three years in the four cylinders, and we've ran so many years in the sport mod and stuff. Right. Uh, he was in it for quite a bit longer, but yeah, but between the two of us, it's pretty cool that we've got a little dynasty up there. Yeah, it sounds like it. Does he race anymore? Uh, he switched over to drag racing like my dad did at the end of uh, 2020. He won the national championship and then retired on top. He did come back for That's one race this it. year. Uh, there was a big payout race, and he came back for it. And he just wanted, or before this race, he wanted to make sure the car ran good. They still had it and everything. Hadn't raced in the car in like three years. He shows up, and people are like, oh, man, like, what's Ramsey Meyer doing here? <laughs> and I didn't expect him to win or anything. I kind of talked to my wife, and we're like, yeah, third, fourth place. We'll be happy with that. He went out and kicked their butt. He oh, won, really? Yeah, he won, and it was just wow. like, oh, man. So just, Even after that long of yep, being out of yep, it? Yep, just our cars are good. You know, it's just maintenance, <clears> but it's time. You know, that's what I don't know if everybody realizes. It's so much time in the shop. You know, when the wins, the championships, all that stuff, it's all weeknights. It's not at the track. You yeah. know, we know them cars in and out, every little nut, bolt. Well, we especially check. if you're building the engines. Yeah, right? that's exactly it. Yeah, we build everything from scratch. So, I mean, we have a shop, do all the work, like the machine work, and then, yeah, we'll put it all together ourselves and everything. Um I, I touch every nut and bolt on the car. Um, and that's what I really want people to understand on some of this stuff is when you're at the races and you see these people, it's literally their life in this. It's not a hobby to me. I don't, everybody's like, what do you do for hobbies? Well, you know, race, that's, that's my life. Right. You know, it's what we do every your weekend. Your job's your hobby. Yeah. That's, it's, I always tell people it's the second full-time job I have to pay to be at. Right. Right. You gotta pay to be at. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you the still, you still lose money at. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, yep. We still race. Uh, we're getting a new car for the 2024 season. Uh, it'll be down here in a couple months and we're only a couple months away from going racing. I'm going to get this car like two weeks before the first race. I keep saying I'm going to come out and watch some and then I never get out there. Yeah. I might have to do it this year. You'll have to come out this year. Yeah. We bring the kids and that's always one thing too. You know, that's, that's always fun after the races, you know, come down the pits. Um, anybody, and I'll tell this to anybody, even listen, you come out to the races, you bring your kid, I'll let him sit in the car. I'll put my helmet, my gloves. You're really good about that. Yeah. Like jump on the back of the car. I'll sign autographs. You know, there's, there's nothing cooler than signing autographs. Right. You know, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Like, it's, and then a little kid comes out with a Sharpie and he's like, hey, can you sign it? Hell, hell yeah. I'll sign That's it. awesome, dude. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's got to be a really good feeling for you. Oh, yeah. That you've accomplished, you know, all your hard work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I been feel like. Put what, somewhere. Yep. You know, they're 
for a few years, it was a little rough. We weren't winning a lot of races and stuff like that. But here in the last couple of years, man, it's the hard work has finally paid off. And I finally feel like we're in a good spot. That's good. Did is, you oh, go ahead? I was going to ask, is it, is it growing consistently or uh, is the replacement as good as normal? Does it keep, is the younger generation keeping up with the people going out? We're or, struggling a little bit. <gasps> I'll be honest out here. We're struggling a little bit to get the youth in here. Um, and that's, that's what I'd like to do. We, we do have a go-kart track out there and no one really knows about that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You can race when you're, you can race go-karts when you're five years old, um, out there. So, I mean, hmm. yeah, you can do that till you're 14 years old and then it becomes, and you can have to, you can either move into an adult cart, um, something we could all race in if we really wanted to, or you get into full-size cars and stuff. But yeah, we have a go-kart track out there that hopefully so, we can get the youth involved. How fast does a little adult car go? Um, I mean, you're probably 25, 30. Yeah, I mean it's it's shooting. I'll yeah, come it's, watch it's you. Fun. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. The last time I got on a go kart, I about lost my hand. Oh, I'd do it. It's no worse if you've ever been to Joe's karting. It's really that's where I about yeah. lost my hand. <laughs> yeah. well, as long as you keep all your appendages inside, oh. it's not that bad. It was it was just one guy that probably goes there like every day. Yep, and just kept passing us. And finally, he, he must have got tired of me putting along and hit my back end, and yep. I went spinning. And yeah. it happens. I've been there. I've I've done that to people before. Yeah. Yep, I've always <laughs> looked at racing as like I don't want to try it one time because i'm an adrenaline junkie yeah, you're addicted and then i just don't want to lose the money yeah <laughs> so, no i can't blame anybody i have an addictive personality the way it is so and see, I, I just don't need it i don't do anything else i don't hunt i don't fish nothing yeah. we race yeah you know there's no other hobbies or anything like that really for me i'd rather drag race than go race what you do because mm -hmm. then i can go straight no, gotta turn. i generally I, don't I mean, rack as much stuff <laughs> yeah drag race anyway. would be fun but I think what I would really love to do is the road racing, the See, the road rally. Like yep. Hastings had a car a track, yeah. that's like the road course. That would be fun. It would be really fun. It's just so hard around here, just yeah. because there's you know it's so limited. Yeah. You can only do it a couple times a year and stuff like that. No, I, I think it'd be a blast. I've always wanted to go build something for that, but it's just yeah. not enough. It's not feasible. What would be the difference if you had to go build something for that? What's the? Um, I mean, realistically, at that point, you can get any kind of car. You know, you can, you can get another Chevy Cavalier if you really wanted to. <laughs> Um, but a lot of that times, you know, um, Mustangs, Camaros, Corvettes, that kind of stuff, um, to take something out there and same thing, just a different setup and everything, just a different discipline for the most part. Where do they do a lot of the drag races? Uh, uh is Marion, there one around here? Uh, Ottawa and Marion, South Dakota. Oh, that's the only, those are our only two. We sanctioned. had one in Scribner, um, years ago, that one closed down when I was in high school. Um, so it's kind of been unfortunate that we've lost that place, but yeah, Marion, and, um, but same thing you can travel. Uh, my dad travels quite often, him and my brother. There's places down in Kansas. I guess we have Kearney. We don't go down there very often. Oh, Kearney's got yep, one, too? Yeah, Kearney's got one. Um, Did I they used to do it at the airport or no? No, they've done some stuff like spectator drag stuff, oh, so you can kind of run what you're kind of a thing. Event. Yeah, nothing too crazy about that. No, it'd be something I wish we could get around here um, just because I love motorsports and, mm -hmm. you know, just get anybody involved I can in this. You know, I don't care what you do or how you do it. I just want you involved in motorsports. Why couldn't we do it out there? Is it just because they don't want it out there? Or? No, the same thing, just to shut it down probably. Mm -hmm. And there is prep involved, you know, same thing like we were talking with the moisture for the tires, you know, grip and everything. You know, you have to prep that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Did Ramsey have the same love for racing as you did right away or is it, did it take some time? No, he was probably into it maybe a little younger than I was. He Probably before 14, 15 years old, he kind of just always been into it and stuff. What's the age difference? Uh, three years. 
So, so you're three years older. I'm three years older. Yeah. So when you were when you got into it, he was probably getting into it around the same time. Yeah. But you were a little bit older, so that's yeah. kind of how that works. With so brothers. it all kind of started in twenty in in 2012. He actually ran one of our backup cars. We had we had multiple cars, and he drove one of them. And he just he ended up he beat me one night. Go back to <laughs> oh, that story. He probably never lets that one go. Yeah, down. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. That was cool. I remember going down the back stretch, and he's just right there. And I was like, I'm gonna get him. God, I'm gonna get him. And uh, no, he beat. It was maybe a fender. Couple feet. It's all he got me really? by. Yep. <laughs> but it was cool. I hopped in the car afterwards, man down in Victory Lane and everything. It was cool. It was just a good time. That's awesome. Um, for maybe the people that don't know, the listeners, can you give us just um obviously we're you're here to promote some racing. Mm-hmm. Get it out, you know, to the people. Can you tell them about off road, how much time and effort gets put into that by the volunteers, by you guys? Um, and just just kind of lay it all out there. Yeah. So we race on Saturday nights, um, generally around 6, 37 o'clock ish is when races start, um, all throughout the summer. There's even some big shows. Like a lot of people don't know. We had a $50,000 to win show out there this summer. Really? 50 grand. Big I show. didn't know. Where, so is that all coming? Where's that all coming from? Uh, just literally, they were some of the biggest names in dirt late model racing. So came. is that coming from like entry fees? Or? No. So a lot of, uh, a lot of sponsors put up a lot of money. Okay. Um, I think Renegade in the mall. Uh, they put up a ton of money for that thing. Are they big into racing? They they do. I don't personally know the owner, but his name's on a lot of a lot of that stuff. So I think he puts forth a lot of money into the into the racing and everything like that. Um, no, and there's a lot of sponsors. If you'll walk out there, all you know, if you donate money to the track or anything, that you have a billboard. If you're any local business or anything like that, there's a billboard out there with your name, phone number, and you'd be surprised how often racers were we're a tight niche community. You know, if I want to go buy something and I know. Um, so they're on a race car and their competitor isn't, I'm going to go to the one that sponsors the race car. Right. You know, that's pretty normal for a lot of them guys. It, uh, I'm going to have to get on a race car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's go. exactly it. Yeah. We support people that support us, you know, realistically. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I always thought, is, is there an insurance person out there? I don't know. That's a good question. See, I'm always down in the pits. So I don't walk out there. It's yeah. just funny. Cause I, I, you would think it'd be a, a kind of an oxymoron. You guys are yeah. out there getting wrecked and going fast. And yeah, that's always a question. I always have to ask my insurance <laughs> people like, what happens if I really do get hurt? Right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I might've think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. And like I said, you get, there's pit passes for that kind of stuff or like sweet passes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every Saturday night, you know, and Come out, enjoy it. Come down to the pits afterwards. You know, I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. You can come down. Man, I've, I've been asked a million questions. So any question you have, whether smart or dumb or anything like that, I'll answer it and I'll explain it and try and educate anybody. And we always say there's no dumb questions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anything else about racing? We've been talking racing for about 40 minutes-ish. Doesn't seem that long. I know, right? <laughs> I, could talk, I could probably talk for a few hours so, about it. If you want to keep going, we can. Those are really the questions that I had. So if there's something that you think that the listeners need to hear about the racing? No, no, not really. You know, I just I just want more people involved around it. You know, I wish we had more things for younger kids. What, what's the best way to get people involved? You know, the go-kart racing. Um, that would be younger people and stuff like that. Or, you know, if somebody wants to start, I literally started working on just my neighbor. My neighbor raced. And he paid his paid my way into the pits and everything like that. And I just go wrench and I wrench for a few years. And I went up to college and I came back and I was like, I think this is something I want to do. I want to start racing. What is like the, this is going to be a hard question to answer, but what's like the initial, like if somebody wants to start. I think you could the realistically, they, they run, still run the four cylinders like we raced back then today. You could realistically safety gear, good safety gear, um, car, cage in the car for the safety. You're probably looking four to 4,500 bucks. You could so start it's not racing. too bad. I mean, you could probably buy something used cheaper. 
Yeah. A decent PC nowadays costs about thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, That's exactly it, yeah. Um so it's really not that bad. I, I was pay, expecting a little more. Do you pay entry fees every night? So yes and no. So what we what we have to go into the pits is thirty dollars. There's so that we call it a pit pass. Yeah. So some of the bigger shows, I mean, that's where they're getting a little money off us to pay some of the purse. So the bigger shows might be 30, 35 bucks, something like that. But that's kind of what they figure the entry fee. Some of the bigger shows we go to might have a, another entry fee. Uh, there's a big show in Spencer, Iowa in May. It's a big three-day show for our class. It's $25,000 to win. It's the biggest paying race they've, I've ever seen for a sport mod. It pays $2,000 to start, and they're gonna only going to start 24 cars. That one costs $300. So realistically on something like that, um, but, but for the most part, we really don't have the entry fees around here. It's, I mean, I see why you would need one because you, you got to operate. The oh business. yeah. It's a business. Yep. It, it, it's exactly. It. And that's what people don't realize. Like they're in it to make money too. These people pour their life and soul into these tracks to get them to be operable every week, you know, cause you need people at the gate taking tickets and then you need concession stand people and then you need people working the track and are they volunteers you know, too a lot or, of them you know they're a lot yeah. of them volunteer their time but i'm sure they're compensated a little bit you little know bit, yeah makes sense mm-hmm. so he he said it a little bit earlier but have you obviously you said there's a little bit of a drop off yep there is unfortunately um why do you think that is i just don't think kids is you know some of the kids aren't involved in some of this stuff you know like when we were kids we'd go out and get dirty and stuff right. like that my kids really don't have a desire. We tried go-kart racing with my a couple of my kids, and they just, uh, yeah, they had fun, but it wasn't something they wanted to do. Granted, they're not as competitive as me. Right. Um, but I have a set of twins. My twins will be four here in a few days. I'm really hopeful for them. Like Chloe, she's she's going to be a little spitball, so I'm hopeful that she's going to want to do this. And you have all girls, correct? Correct. Total total girl Feel dad. Feel sorry for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. No, I, I get it. I get it all the time. Uh, you're, you're, you're outmanned, mm-hmm. outwomaned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny. Um, racing. So I actually started racing when I was young, young, we raced RC cars. Um, a lot of people don't know we had a track up in Hayter and in uh, Stanton, we raced in one of the community buildings really? over at the Fairboard, or Fairgrounds over there. Um, didn't know we had a lot of, I mean, there's quite a few people that would come to the shows and, and, uh, race there, but, uh, we don't have like that anything. We don't have a hobby town mm-hmm. or it's just kind of died off. Radio Shack kind of had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, had those big ones. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything like that around <clears throat> here, you know? There's a lot of stuff I feel like we could have in Norfolk. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I forget what those, little, like, when you build, like, a, they don't have a motor, but you, they used to race, like, a... Soapbox Derby. So, yeah. uh, derby cars. Didn't they used to do that here in town? I think some the Boy Scouts. Pinewood Derby. Yeah, Pinewood Derby. I yeah, think the Boy Scouts still do that. Yeah. Every now and then, my customers will be building one in the shop and everything and trying to get we it. We did it in high school or junior high or something. We did those where they give you the little, just give you a block and you yeah. make your own car. Make it aerodynamic and everything like yeah. that. That'd be kind of cool. Though. I mean, I'm just trying to think of other things that would get into that. Just give you a mechanical mindset. Yeah. Like you look at something, you're like, I just want to use my hands on it. You know. Yeah. I also feel like, and I say this a lot, that Norfolk doesn't do a very good job of getting certain things out to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know uh, what's going on in town. Yep, or even the surrounding communities. I will honestly say, mechanically, which I've had a lot of quote unquote mechanic jobs, uh, <laughs> working on uh, machinery or uh, production type equipment, and to me, that's a little bit different. There is nothing that drives me more crazy than working on a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't have the patience. I lose my mind. I get frustrated. I just, it's one of those things I've realized it's not for me. <laughs> no, there's definitely, a, there's definitely a certain sense of, like, it's peace to me. Like, there's nothing better oh. 
then I pop on a set of headphones or something. I may have TV on the background, but just to go mm. work on something. That's what I do on my weekends. You ever uh, feel like you're going to break something? All the time. We break stuff all the time. I don't. <clears throat> yeah, I just... For, for, I would love to race, but I'm not working. On my car. Yeah. I will <laughs> There's be a few guys like that. I'll be that. Uh, what do we? What would you call it? A uh, uh, wheel steer, steering just wheel, wheel princess man. or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what yep. I would be. Hey, this this is my. This, this doesn't is, feel good. You need to go to look at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, don't ain't running yeah. right. You take care of it. I'm gonna be over here. Tell me when I can get back in the car. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna sit in the car for a little bit, guys. If you just want to tell me when you're <laughs> yeah. done, just let me know. Yeah. And just to set the record straight, I am not mechanically inclined whatsoever. Even growing up around cars mm -hmm. i was more the other side of the selling side <clears throat> cleaning it you want me to, i i can change a tire okay mm -hmm. i can maybe get through an oil change <laughs> other than that i'm lost so mm -hmm. i, I commend, could i commend it. you i refuse to do it yeah. <laughs> I, I could probably watch a youtube video or something and figure it out but i am not mechanic so I, I commend you for being able to now basically really, take a car apart that's one thing you know i'm not really good at I feel like that's what I'm good at. I'm not good at a ton of other things. You know, I wasn't athletic and stuff like that, but I can look at something mechanically and be like, oh, yep, this is how it works. This is why this does that and that. And I can take it apart and put it back together. Yeah. When did you, so like, was that something you like were taught or did you kind of just do it yourself? You like started taking things apart and... So I always took stuff apart when I was a young kid. My dad had handed me like, here, take this apart. It, yeah, if you don't get it back together, it doesn't matter. It's just junk anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, I've always tinkered and same thing when I raced RC cars. I was probably... 12, 13 years old, maybe when I started doing that. So it's always kind of just evolved. I've just always worked with that kind of stuff. And was um, it knowledge from your dad or did you, like, I think we picked up I, on I, a lot of things, yeah. you know, um, I've never actually had an automotive job, like a mechanical job right. for the most part. I've never done anything like that. It's always just been spare time wrenching on stuff. I work on all my own cars, my well, tool trucks and the shop forever. And that's exactly, I have a nice spot. So you've been around it. Yeah. I've been around it my entire life. And he's built on since you guys have mm -hmm. done the racing, right? Yep, you yep. We got a nice way. I'm in my corner yeah. in the shop. <laughs> that's that's really cool. And it's it's right on Main. Yep. I, that would you call that Main? Yep, Main Street. Street right? Yep. Right across from, uh, yeah. We have a car wash up there now. I don't know if you've ever been up there since the car wash got built. Is that your guys? No, not ours. Oh. Yep. You're talking like, about the booming metropolis of Pierce's it got is. a car wash. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, we had a we got an automatic car wash, got a dog wash. Man, we're, we're moving up in the world. Jay's place, right? Uh, right across the street. Yeah, yeah. from Jay's Somebody place. bought that, didn't they? Yeah, they had a nice little Mexican restaurant going in there. I'm really excited oh, about so that. It's not, it's not gonna stay the same type yeah, of thing. Not little burgers and stuff. No, we, they we had really good ice cream. Man. Their ice cream is bomb over there. I'm sad. Um so a little nice little Mexican place, huh? That'll give you guys something different. Just some variety besides Subway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Taylor, is it uh the Taylor Taylor Creek, uh, or no, Taylor Made. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're gone. They just do the catering now. Yeah, We've that's got what I thought. So you don't have you don't even really eleven now. They somebody bought that out. We don't eat as out as much as we used to. You know, with so with four kids and then yeah, me and my wife, like six kids. It's like six people. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, when you go out and eat, it's a pile of money. And just to get the kids, I mean, you, got, you can find something they're gonna eat too. Well, just that and just getting them out and, mm -hmm. and making sure yeah, exactly. everybody's good to go. Mm -hmm. Um. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I feel like I want to make sure we just, I'm just trying to make sure we get everything out racing that you, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with, you know, what we talked about and everything. Kay. You know, it's, like I said, it's a lifestyle for us. It's a big part of your life, so I want yeah. to make sure we. You know, that's one other thing. You see the people out there racing, you know, and you might see the guy that's running <laughs> half a lap down. You know, that guy pours his whole soul. I know guys that put their whole paycheck into the, into the cars, week in, week out. You know, they're literally just working to race. Right. You know, so I would, you know, if you ever come out to the races, you know, just think of that. Don't laugh at that guy. You know, he's, right. he's busting his butt. He's working. And nobody's doing that. There's their, there's not their full time. Thing. No, that not around here. There are people that do that. Um, 
few and far between, trust me, few and far between. They have got big backers and stuff like that. I mean, money, money does a lot of things for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, but you could not competitively race around here and make a living or anything like That's that. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So the season is starts when? Yep. So we'll actually start. Um, well, let's we'll start racing down in Beatrice here in about two months. So I guess here in here in Norfolk. Yep, in April. April. Yep. So and it goes season we'll November. About, uh, no, that'd be the bigger forms of racing. We'll race in here until about October around Nebraska and stuff like that. You'll pick up a few specials and stuff like that around the end of the year. Um. But yeah, you, there's multiple races we'll go to. We'll probably try and do, I'd like to try and do 25 shows. I feel pretty comfortable doing that. We've ran as many, you know, when we won the national championship, 55. That was the most right. we'd ever ran. Um, but with what we do now, the time and the labor involved, um, just to kind of put it in perspective, for us to do one tire on the car, to prep one tire for the A feature, uh, is anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Jeez. So, and that's just literally maybe you're dismounting the old tire, putting the new tire on. And then prepping it, getting it all ready to go. Um, and then there's scaling involved. So weights, corner weights and everything like that. Um, setup involved. Well, we might, we weren't this good this past weekend, but we want to change it for this weekend kind of a thing. So there's always something. We're always evolving and we're learning and talking to other guys. I've only got a few guys I really talk to pretty tight knit about racing and stuff or like car setup and stuff right, like that. Yeah. Um, but it's literally you don't what want I do. to give secrets away. Right? That's exactly it. Yeah. If I find something, I don't want anybody else to know it. Right. Um, but yeah, that's literally, I'll get done working at the end of the day and I'll go down to my dad's shop and it's two, three hours, maybe a night, you know, I mean, well, I couldn't be down here Tuesday night. Well, I need to work a little harder Just on Wednesday. Around. Yep. Yep. Have you come across any shady shit? Like, is anybody doing anything really I mean, off the cuff? I could say you could go through our car with a fine tooth comb and you'll never find anything illegal, mm-hmm. but you're not illegal until you're caught. Right. And it's gray area. You really focus on gray area stuff. I mean, that's really where we found a lot of speed in our four cylinder. I'll be 100% on There's rules in the rule book because of me. <laughs> they found stuff and they're like, uh, we don't have a rule on that yet, but <laughs> we're going to put out. one now. Yeah. yeah. You you need to not do that anymore. But is there any other, like, is there shady people out there? Yeah, there's people that are that doing cheap. something. Oh, yeah. So, like, can you give us, like, an example? Um, the big one is traction control. So it'd be literally traction control in your car. So you're trying to go on an icy road and the traction control kicks in and it slows the tire speed down to bring grip essentially to do that. The race car is much more refined. Uh, they're very expensive and they're very expensive. If you get caught with it, it's a $10,000 fine and a lifetime suspension in our sanctioning body. Wow. So it's huge. Um, has that happened? Yeah. Not that I've known for a really long time. But it has happened. Yes. And, I, uh. and it's out there. I mean, it's literally the size of probably a quarter of the size of our phone. You can hide it anywhere. Jeez. So, I mean, it's goofy. There's ways to do it, but if people want to spend the money, I guess, you know, we're racing for peanuts out there, realistically. If right. you want to so go out spend all this money, a pile of money on it, you know, what do you really, you know, that's when our, our philosophy is if you really go out and win and you're cheating like that, do, do you, you really, really win? win? Yeah. You're like, do you, are you really winning? That's like having hacks in FPS games. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Like, yeah. Um, hacks in any game. Any just game, yeah. crazy. Like, for what? <laughs> yeah, that's why? exactly why. Why? Why do you need to do because that? You weren't, because you weren't good enough to win in the first. Yeah, boost your ego. Really got to cheat. Just, just play the game the mm-hmm. way the game's made. Mm-hmm. And beat me that way, dude. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So from April to October in Norfolk. Yep. That's every Saturday. Every Saturday from night, April to October. We take a little time off the Madison County Fair, um, and then I think July, the night before July third, we always have a big race out there. So and no, and I'll invite any of the listeners to come down. Like I said, bring your kids down. Let them sit in my car. Um, have a good time. That's the main thing. Come out, have fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. That Christian won a bike one year when we were out there. Yeah, they did a bike yeah. giveaway. It's every year they do that. They do a bike giveaway. I think they do a book bag giveaway. I mean, there's always some. I don't want to call them gimmicks, but there's always something going on for the kids. And most tracks will do that. They'll have a bike giveaway. 
Um, Columbus does the same thing. They race on Thursday nights. Albion races on Friday nights. So do you, do you guys try to kind of like, is it coordinated for that reason? Yes. Like, yep. You're, so, so you're you don't want to like, night? yeah, you don't want to race on the same night because then it's only going to hurt both tracks. Right. Essentially on something like that. Now, Sioux City, they have two tracks up there and they're literally right across the road. You'll turn right to go to one track and left to go to the other. Really? Yep. Right across the street from each other. And they're one, competing. Yeah. One race. They on run sa- the same time? No, not the same time. One race on Saturday nights, one race on Sunday nights. At least nights. they do that. Yeah. It's always a little weird. I always thought that was just crazy up there that, that they were just crazy. literally right across the Although street. Although you could go up there and spend a weekend and, and we've do talked both about that. Yeah. I've had a couple of buddies do that. Um makes it a lot easier that way for sure. Just travel costs and everything. Fuel. I mean, there's there's a lot involved in getting to the track. Well, yeah. I mean, fuel's not cheap. Mm-mm. Most of us have bigger pickups, diesel yeah. pickups. Diesel's not cheap right now. You got an enclosed trailer then yep. too for the Yep. So we keep, you know, spare tires. We have a full loaded toolbox, spare parts, pieces. Camper. Uh, we used to, we got rid of it. We had a toter home, which is essentially just a truck built with beds and bunks and stuff like that. We actually sold that to better improve our business and stuff and kind of expand on that. But nice. do you, uh, you guys run like uh higher octane fuel or just normal? So fuel? you can run pump gas. So like my dad at his store sells 91 octane fuel and you can run that, but I've always believed in we're racing we need to run race fuel and my we actually my dad sells race fuel too so gotcha. yeah i kind of need to it's easier. promote the business and everything it does make it a little easier that way but yeah it's be like 100 octane fuel so 105 octane fuel so like what we buy at the pump is 91 so this is quite a bit higher uh, more potency it's a chemical mix it's not uh like what you buy out of the pump it's like oil oil refined and everything what we have is a chemical mixture to make racing fuel is it more is it obviously is it more combustion does it yeah, essentially, it just makes more power, <clears throat> stuff like that. The higher octane fuels and stuff like that, it actually helps it run better, cleaner, crisper. Okay. Um, it's quite a bit more expensive. Uh, generally, in one night of racing, we'll burn five to six gallons of fuel at about seven, eight bucks a piece. Ooh. You don't think about that, though. I figured it'd be more gallons than that. Yeah, about five gallons, roughly, is what we run a night. So it's not bad. So hmm. how many miles do you run in a night? Um... It was easier back in the four-cylinder because we had the dash in the car uh, yet. So yeah. we had the trip odometer. <laughs> uh, roughly, I would say, like 15 miles. So roughly 15 miles. Because it's, t- it's two races? It's a heat yeah, so and then a, a feature? Yeah, heat and a feature. Unless there's a, a lot of cars, they could split us up into what we would call like a B feature. And then they'll transfer cars so they could start 10, 12 cars and be like, hey, we're going to take the top four out of this race and put them in the main event. So we're kind of struggling around here. Car count's a little down, uh, which is unfortunate, but... Racing, just like anything, it's so hard to get into um, from a money perspective, which is the unfortunate thing. Not really from what you were saying. I mean, if you really think it about is, it. It is, but like to run competitively. Like if you were to get into my class today, I Your feel bad. Class, yeah. yeah, I'd feel bad for anybody trying to like get into sport mods today just because um, shocks, tires, wheels, well, yeah, and, car, and everything is so much more expensive. trailer, you know, and tools, spare parts, stuff like that. You know, I've been doing this long enough. I have a lot of these things. Before they got crazy expensive, you know. Do most of the people that run are they from racing families? Like obviously you're from a racing family. Yeah, I'd say not very often you get somebody. You know, for the most part, you'll every now and then you'll get somebody um, that hasn't done it before. One of my good my one of my best friends, um, his dad was involved in racing back in the day, and he'd been really into it, but he had no real racing background, and he just bought a car and kind of got into it and hmm. kind of helped him through and. Get going. Was he a mechanic guy? Yeah, he's so he already kind of yep, new. Yep, yep. He was a John Deere mechanic and everything. <clears throat> you probably don't see too many racers that weren't either some way around cars at some point or you'd be surprised actually. Really? I know guys that couldn't even change their own oil. That were right that were yep. driving. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Vance. Yep. 
Yeah, you I just I can change my oil. <laughs> I just refuse to change my oil. It's so much cheaper There's to spend thirty bucks somewhere. <laughs> That's I, funny. I ain't got the time. I know. If somebody else do it. Uh, it's not my big deal. Yeah, the there's guys like that. that. You know, you don't have to be. I mean, there's there's guys in NASCAR that couldn't do some of that oh, mechanical sure. stuff. You know, they're just they're a driver. Yeah. That's what they know. They want the adrenaline. They want the yeah. Mm-hmm. So walk us through your work history a little bit. So we're gonna move away from racing. You mm-hmm. cool with that? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, so I know that you were at Norfolk Auto. Yep. And then now you have Meyer Tool Service. Was there anything in between there? So nope. I left Norfolk Auto back in 2015. Uh, from there, before that, I worked at Norfolk GM as a parts counter. And okay. Before that, I worked at Motoplex as a, at the parts counter also. So I've kind of got the parts. So those two I either forgot or didn't know about? Yeah. Okay. So, yep, I worked at Motoplex, then went to Norfolk Chevy, and then I was at Norfolk Auto for three years. So you've been around some sort of vehicle mm-hmm. p- yep. parts or? Yep. Inventory um, management, stuff like that, pretty much my whole life. Working career, anyway, I should say. Did you, I mean, obviously enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy the parts world of things. It's really, a lot of people don't realize it's the backbone, like at a Norfolk Chevy, that's the backbone there. If you don't have a good parts department, the dealership kind of falls. Sales, salesmen depend on them for accessories and stuff. The mechanics in the back are dependent on them to get them the parts on time and everything. If your parts department isn't good, the whole dealership can really crumble yeah. underneath of it. You know, maybe that's maybe that's my view on it, just because no, I was in true. that department and everything. There's always a backbone of something that people don't realize. It's again going to go back to what we say that people think shit just happens. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. <clears throat> you know, that's something as a parts guy. When you get something there, if you get it there early, well, that's just doing your job. You know, mechanic gets that. You know, get done. They, they're kind of praising stuff. Hey, thanks for getting that done early. Right. The parts guy generally <laughs> never gets thanks for getting stuff there early. <laughs> no, no, not usually at all. Mm-hmm. So going from Norfolk Auto, what what made you? How, how did you get into the Mac Tools? So it was just, honestly, just a Saturday. I was bored. I don't even remember what I was doing. And I was like, I think I just want to fill out an application. You know, I just, just something that sounded like I would enjoy. Obviously, my dad's owned his own business for a long time. Um, it's something I, I'd never really felt like, hey, I want to run my own business or anything like that. And I was just like, man, we'll fill out the app. We'll talk to him. And I talked to him and I really liked it, uh, what they had to say. And then I started, went home, kind of talked to my, talked it through with my parents and stuff like that what do you guys think this, that, and we just kind of kept going down and going down. And then I hit a roadblock. Um, that was probably, it'd been a couple years before I'd left. I hit a roadblock. I'd actually had too many speeding tickets on my record. So they couldn't allow me to start a franchise because they couldn't like legally be like, well, you have all these speeding tickets. It's not like I had a pile. I had six of them within like five years. That's and they're quite limit- a few. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> So and it was never there. doing anything dumb. It's yeah. not like yeah. I was going a hundred or anything. It was five here, six there. You know, yeah. it's just small stuff. You didn't have any. Six, I wasn't racing on the track. Thirty-five. Yeah, no. I wasn't going out racing on the street or anything That's like cool. that. Um, I hit a roadblock, and they're like, "We can't do this." And we looked at all these outlets. I even hired a lawyer to send certified letters to these counties that I had speeding tickets in, if they would drop them off my record. And not one county out of all six of them, not one county dropped one speeding ticket. Oh, my God. So I paid this lawyer, and he's like, well, man, we tried. It cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I bet it did. Yeah, he was really confident. He's like, yeah, we've done this before, and I've had really good luck with this, and it didn't Nothing. work. So that's my that's how I always tell these younger guys, like, yeah, you're having fun and stuff like that. But, like, think of this down the road. Like, this cost me about a year and a half. I had to wait, and I knew when every single one of those tickets dropped off. Oh, yeah. I had it. I had my sheet, so I'm like, all right, this well, one's gone. It affects your insurance. Your yeah, insurance that's exactly too, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all that Speaking stuff. Of that. Bull crap, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> don't speed. I don't know yep. what to tell you. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I watched I every single one of them drop more off. more than people that are going to the get speed out of here. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm five over everywhere I go. There yep. you go. That's, that's, that's my, that's my rule. I right trust there. most of the time. If you're under the speed limit, I don't trust you as a driver. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that's a, exactly it. You're, you're not. You're a not. timid driver. You're gonna. I've never been stopped for five over. Ever. It happens. Actually, I've gotten pulled over for three over in my tool truck. Actually, really? Yeah. Probably because you're in your tool truck. Yep. Though. Yep. He got me mm. good there. Didn't give me a ticket. He just wanted to pull me over for no reason. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Making sure you weren't <laughs> dealing drugs or something. Yeah, like. exactly. No, got to dip the tanks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I hit a roadblock there. So it was really something. I had to wait a year and a half before I could even before I talked to him again. So it was really something I, I really, wanted I to do. That. Yeah, okay. it was that was a rough time. It was like we were so close. Like I had plane tickets bought to go to training. And all of a sudden they call me up and they're like, hey, we can't do this. We've looked at everything. Don't know what to do. I'll tell yeah. you. So I don't understand. That confused me on the franchi franchisee part because aren't you technically you own it? I am. Are they don't insure you or they do insure they you? They do or? not insure me, but it's so, just one of their things for their insurance. I'm sure seems. if I were to get in a wreck like a month in and they're like, why would you let this guy have it? You know, look at his driving history or something. Maybe, I guess. It makes no sense. Corporate to me. America stuff. Literally, that, that, that makes no sense to me. It's just a liability thing for them. But there's no liability because they're not, they're they, not insured. You have, you have no type of coverage that's there through There is Mac liability tools. through them. Oh, like, that's what okay. There is like a liability insurance, but like if I were to get in a wreck, <laughs> pass away, and like I owe them so much, they're yeah. on, they have to be listed as under my insurance as like yeah. payee kind of a thing. Gotcha. So it's a, so I guess in a it's a gray way. area. Yeah, and that's why they have to do it that way because they are, they could be liable if he caused a big problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody could come back and sue them. Generally, don't do that, but I guess mm -hmm. just goofy. Yeah. So yeah, it took me a little <clears> while, <throat> year and a half. Literally, the one month the ticket dropped off. The next month, I called the rep and started the whole process over again. <coughs> I'm surprised they didn't go ten. Some companies go ten years back. Yeah, I was pretty fortunate to only go five because I yeah. yeah, it taken me a long time to get there. Right. So they were all in a pretty much bulk little area and stuff like that. So yeah, they all dropped off. I started September 15. Um, just wanted to do my own thing, you know, and it was kind of one of the, you know, take, t I honestly wanted to take time off to go race and looking back, it's like, why would you ever think you were going to take time off if you own your own business? Right. Definitely pros and cons on that side of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, just got it running. Uh, September 15 felt really good. We hadn't had a, a Mac tools distributor in the area. So you didn't like take over for something. No. So this was a fresh route. We hadn't had a full-time route distributor since uh 2002 and i remember walking on his truck when i worked at jerry's trailers and campers yeah. actually like one of the last weeks and i remember walking on like oh, there's nothing on this truck like <laughs> wow why, why do you guys like coming out to this thing right. um and that was uh his name was bill hansen billy mack and i still see bill today he's he's all jacked up he was really excited to have somebody bring back the brand and everything like that uh, it was kind of nice a lot of people knew the brand and the nice thing was working in all the places i have and through racing i have all these relationships i probably knew 60% of my customers before I even hit the road. Right. Um, which is great. Found out how many people knew me. You know, I always tell more people know me than I know people. Man, I'd go out there and there was probably another 10% that I had no idea who were them. They knew who I was, you know, kind of thing. I hear nothing but good things um, since you've. I pour my over. heart and soul into it, man. Obviously, it's, I heard good things before, but yeah. when I mention your name now, they're, oh, the Mac Tools guy. I'm mm -hmm. like, yep. Yep, yep, yep. I pour my heart and soul. I feel like we've really got the brand out and everything. So I own and operate my truck, and then we have two other trucks that I have employees in. Um, and those were recent, right? You just yeah. So in 2018, we expanded into two trucks, and then just about a year ago now, we're we're about a year in. Uh, we expanded into three trucks. So we've kind of split our route up. So I'm basically in Norfolk. I've got my Tuesdays are out of town and stuff like that. I have a set route schedule. So I visit the same shops week after week, same time. I'm very consistent. I mean, you can time me on the watch. It's very, 
very important that I, to myself, that I right. stay consistent like that. But yeah, we've got one guy that runs the northeastern route. So he'll go up into Wayne, uh, West Point, um, Hardington, Laurel, Randolph area. And then the other route will go out west into like Atkinson, Ainsworth, Albion. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, we get pretty far out there and stuff like that. So were you... When you got the two new tr- the two extra trucks, were you already doing those, or was that you no? Ex- that we, you expanded, we expanded to the territory. That. Yep. Okay. So, so before okay. I went into the other trucks, we really I didn't get much out of Norfolk. There was a little bit. I go to Madison and Humphrey myself, and then Clarkson and Creston and Stanton and stuff. But then once we got the other trucks, we just kept expanding our territory. And, and there's a lot of base. shops just oh, in yeah. Norfolk. How many? I I did check this before. I was kind of curious. How many I shops are in Norfolk? Do you think? I didn't count like specific, but that like you stopped to. Yeah, that that would be automotive, yep. auto body, uh, ag repair, off highway repair, yep. which would be like heavy duty equipment and stuff. Uh, car dealership lots that work on their own stuff because there are car dealers that don't work on anything. How many think there is? Sixty five. <laughs> you guys, that was the number I was going to go. With. You're both a little low. <laughs> I would roughly eighty five shops in oh. Norf- in Norfolk, and it's yeah. just, I was going to say ninety. Yeah, but. it sounds so high. I didn't realize it was that high. Well, because I. I didn't know if you were gonna elaborate that it was the farm equipment and all that too. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I'll get him when he doesn't realize he do those too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there's roughly 85 <clears throat> shops just within a couple miles of Norfolk. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It does surprise me, but it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Well, just in Humphrey alone, there's nine. I go to nine places in Humphrey. It's crazy to think a small little town, Wisner's the yeah. same way. You know, just all the little ag repair. Once you start up adding, you know, your ag repair and then your truck repair and your body shops. You know, there's a lot of industry in this uh, this area. Well, and I just, yeah. you know, I just said I don't like. He doesn't like doing it. I don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't like. There's times I don't want to work. I, there is times I don't want to work on my own stuff, and I just take it to the dealership. And some of these places are like one man teams. Yeah, one two man shops. It doesn't take a lot to keep one guy busy. You know, that's what I mean. Answering it's, the phone, doing quotes, stuff like that. <clears throat> Uh, no, it's definitely kind of crazy. And you know, there's, there's so much need for this, you know, like I know you guys talk about trade schools, man, I'd tell anybody right now, there's, there's good money to be made in the industry and stuff like that. Very good money. Yeah. And we need it. You know, there's not one shop in town that I don't think if somebody was, that was qualified would roll up to and be like, Hey, I'm qualified. I know what I'm doing. That wouldn't hire him at this point and make good money. Especially now, like it's, uh, we're really big on our, in our family of like, We'll go to a mechanic that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's going to do trust a, them. Do a little bit of digging yeah. and not just what the book tells them. Yep. And that's the problem I've ran into and I've noticed is the worst thing in the industry in the last five to ten years is these younger kids just go with what they're taught, plug it in. Yep. It says it's this. That's what it is. Yep. That's what the computer yeah, says. I'm going to pay you $700 and my shit's still fucking yeah, broke because you didn't on. fucking fix it. You mm-hmm. didn't look into it. You didn't do anything. You just went with what it was it's the same thing we talked with jose already, about doctors yeah. yeah i was like i've same already thing. told you that's not yeah. the, what the issue is yep. I, I do my own little research i know it's not this and i don't have a degree mm-hmm. do you see any younger mechanics coming up that are gonna be okay that are gonna yeah, do it like the right way there's good kids I, so that is one thing i go up to the northeast community college up here i'm up there all all monday so i'll just like this past monday there weren't a lot of kids up there because of the snowstorm right. but i get up there 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning and i'm there till 3 3 30 in the afternoon i'm up there all day I see um, everybody in auto tech, everybody in auto body, and everybody in the diesel repair program. So it's a couple, I mean, probably about 100 kids I see every Monday. Uh, we spend a lot of time focusing on that. So I call it my student tech program through That's Mac good Tools. salesmanship is what it is. Yeah. Like, literally those are my future customers. Clients, yeah, yeah, those are my future customers. So I spend a lot of time with them kids up there and, and talking and teaching and like, you know, I'll walk in and I'll see what they're working on and be like, well, there is a special tool for this to make it easier. <laughs> you know, I have this out there. I'm not trying to be the salesman guy, but right, like, right, right. hey, you know, just educate you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And that's the biggest thing is just educating people. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, guy will call me up and be like, well, we're looking for this. And I'll be like, well, take a picture, send it to me. Well, this is actually what you need right here. You know, there's a lot of the educating people and stuff like that, that I do way more than I ever thought I would. And obviously you, you already knew a lot about probably tools to begin with. Yeah. For the most part, I've you have way more. Yeah. Okay. So you had to do a lot of research oh, on yeah, what everything was. There's always something coming out new, you know, um, all these auto manufacturers do make new fasteners and stuff like that. So I have to stay up on top of that and be like, okay, yeah, these new Chevys take this this kind of socket or that kind of socket. My uh, my Ford Edge lug nuts are like a ha- 20 and a half millimeter, so some that's a, weird that's ass millimeter. I will bet that almost by half the shops in town don't know about that until I tell them. Like, oh, they ruined mine. Oh, yeah. One because plate, they, like yeah. just because they got the aluminum yep. cap on them too. And I was like, I mean, that makes me like mad. It. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, I understand it. You ruined it. Why put it back on? Yep, like, that's exactly what it. What is the point here? It's all accountability Call and stuff me like that. and yeah. say, hey, I'm fucked up. And okay. it's normal. It that is, is a is. normal wear and tear item on a lot of our uh, domestic cars and stuff like yeah. that. The Ford Chevys, Dodges, they all do it. You know, just They do it to make more money. It's exactly. Yeah. It's a cheap lug nut. It yeah. looks good, but it's cheap. So did they, does Mac do, like, um, workshops? Like, do you have to... So we to have keep some up on stuff. That or do you do it yourself? Um, a lot of it's just self-education. Um, we have a Facebook group, obviously, with all the Mac Tool distributors, and there's some stuff that pops up, and I try to read all of that. I try to get it all in, you know, because there's sometimes you're just going to run into that weird oddball thing, and you'll be like, I think I remember seeing something about that. But uh, we have we have an annual tool show and stuff like that, and there's a lot of educational new products and stuff like that that we go to every year and um, help us just promote you know, general knowledge and stuff like that. And and no offense against any other, I have to make sure I always say this, no offense against any other tool person in town mm-hmm. that sells tools. But I've, I have heard a lot of good things about you, about your education, about how you make sure the guys know the tools that they're using, um, getting them good quality tools that you sell to. So I just want to make sure I got that out there. Well, that's the biggest thing with the tool truck. So compared to going to like a box store, like if you were going to go to, to Baumgarts or something like that and buy something, if you buy from me, you're buying service. Like that's the way I look at it. I sell service first and foremost. So my a lot of my tools have warranty. Um, and you're doing that? I'm doing that myself. So I will grab it, swap you out. You know, you break a wrench, a screwdriver, or something like the socket. I'll swap you out. Generally, I have it on my truck. I will grab it, swap it out for you, give you the brand new one, and then I take care of that all on the back end. So it's that's the biggest thing is that's why the professional techs need professional-grade tools on some of this stuff because you can't run down to bomb guards or something like that if something breaks. Yeah. You know, you generally don't have time. You're like, there's a guy up front waiting on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll run all over town. I'm sure you guys have seen me just bebopping all over yep. town. I just, there's there's days I don't ever stop. Is there any place that you've had a hard like a hard time getting into? You don't have to name the place, but like... Yeah, there's, there's always challenges and stuff like that just because they don't know what we really offer. Um, there's uh, maintenance places and stuff like that like they didn't know like like hey let me at least come out and show you what i have to offer and stuff and then we get there and they're like oh yeah this is amazing um there's been a few places that was just but it's just random word of mouth stuff they're like oh hey one guy came from this place to this place and now it's not in the field but like hey we just need needle nose pliers and we like your needle nose pliers so hey can you get us a couple of them for the guys in the back or stuff like that you know there's always somebody needing tools everywhere right and you have to buy your inventory. Like you have to stock Correct. your own inventory, right? So I own the trucks, the inventory, everything. And you got a storage unit for some of this stuff? We have two storage units, actually. So we don't got to say where they're at. So, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them's pretty. So I do own storage units also. Oh, so do we, you? Okay. we rent from ourselves and everything like nice. that, too. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. So we own some storage units. We got them a couple years ago. Um, you build them or buy them? We bought them. Bought them. 
Yeah, but just a random word of mouth thing guy yeah. just showed up. Like, what? I need storage units. I could use the extra income. Let's just go ahead and buy So, it. yeah, it's definitely, uh, it worked out pretty well. Um, we inherited a little money um, from my father-in-law passing away, and it was just like, why squander it? Let's let's invest this money. So me and right. my wife talked about it, and yeah, it worked out great. So, yeah, we ran a couple storage units. We keep toolboxes there, extra inventory, big stuff. And then my garage is 100% full. Um, you do a really good job of uh, social media, too. I've yeah, I've, I've re- I really enjoy social media. You know, I'm really big on Snapchat and everything. Snapchat, Facebook. Snapchat work for you? It works. Amazing. But I have about 700 people on Snapchat right now. So every post I generally, I keep an eye on of what people view. And they're like, if I post a video, like, when do they quit watching? Right. What At what point did I lose the average viewer and stuff like that? I'm like, all right, well, let's try and get it to the point maybe a little quicker, this, that. Should always try and pay attention to that. Tried TikTok yet? I I actually deleted it off my phone. My Did wife's you? really big into it because I'd sit there all night. And you just I know sit there at eleven o'clock. Self, like, self it's 2 discipline, Cam. Dude, it's I, I didn't have it, so I just deleted it. <laughs> it was funny. easier that way. We've we've been told to get on Snapchat. We've been told to do TikTok. We just haven't had a chance to. But I just use it so like let's say I traded uh like a torque wrench in. Yeah. So I just take a picture of it. Hey guys, fresh traded on this, and then boom, 600, 700 people see it right then and there, and it's quick and it's fast and it's easy that way. So you sell the trade-ins? Mm-hmm. That- oh, yeah. Yep. People that we, don't want to buy brand new. And- yeah, stuff like that, you know, or like, again, it kind of goes back to racing and stuff. A lot of the race car guys don't need that, you know, $700 tool, but if they can buy a used one for a couple hundred bucks. You know, I don't trade in a ton of stuff, but when mm-hmm. I do, yeah, that stuff goes quick. Obviously, you're enjoying the business. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself expanding more? Uh, yes and no. Um Three trucks is a lot. Realistically, what I need to do is now I need to find somebody to run my truck. And then I could bounce around and ride with my other employees and stuff like that and train them because I'm very knowledgeable. I, I know what I'm doing. They call me. I can log into their computer and everything like that and like, hey, walk them through that kind of stuff. But if I could be there on the truck, I could be so much better. The days I go ride with employees, they they have great days. Right. But it's just so knowledgeable. I can point just out. showing them how to do it. Yep. And it's just sheer knowledge. I've been doing it for so long now, mm-hmm. eight and a half years in. Um, it just makes it easier that way. I, so that's kind of the next step. I don't know if I'll ever get to that point because I just don't know if I could give it up because I really love what I do and I love my customers and the relationships I've built with them. Um, I had one particular customer. He was a great friend. I did not know him before I started this thing. Um, just became friends on the route. I was the best man in his wedding uh, wow. a year ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And that was six, seven years ago. We just met. And yeah, I was huh. the best man in his wedding. That's so really cool. Just, yeah. Just the crazy relationships I make with the customers and stuff like that. It's it's really rewarding. <clears throat> Do you ever have to, uh, when, you, when you're when you on the route and you get towards the end of the day, are you having to turn down people for some beers? Uh, <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. So many offered. There's, oh, there's always people always offer beers at the end of the day. And it's yeah. like, oh, I got to drive. Like, it kills my motivation at the end of the day, especially on Friday. Like, no, I can't. Like, I got to get some stuff done before the weekend kind of a thing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Um, as far as Mac tools, I'm uh, I'm gonna guess there's some in Omaha. Lincoln. Yeah, so we have Omaha, Lincoln. Um, we you, really, you don't though. I don't know. So we're, I'm basically Northeast Nebraska. So the nice thing with me coming up here is I've gotten other people. You know, they they see success and they want to they want to be like you. So we've actually I've started a guy up in Sioux City on his own. He's his own franchise owner. And same thing in Yankton. Uh, there's a guy down in Columbus. Um, he's been doing it for. 18 some years and same thing. Lincoln's been doing it. He owns three trucks down there also. Um, we've really grown on this side of the state. You know, when I was up here, I was kind of on an Island right. and now we've grown and now we cover all this coverage and it's better. The more we get here, the better the coverage gets. And, um, it just, you know, if a customer moves from here to Yankton, well now Yankton has Mac guy, you know, That's it makes cool. it easy that way. So 
So do you kind of, um, I'm trying to think of the way I was trying to think of it. Do you help them out? Do you Correct. give them advice? So I'm what corporate would call a, uh, I'm a mentor distributor. That's the, I was looking for a mentor. Yeah. yeah. So I, I cover all the bases. I run my business like they want me to. So they'll come ride with me for a little bit. I'll train them and stuff like that before they'll kind of go to their tool school in Ohio where Mac Tools is based out of and train before they hit the road and everything. They like what I do. I showcase my products the right way, features and benefits. The biggest thing with what I do is save time, make money. You know, if I can sell you a special tool and it saves you an hour on your job, you're going to make more money with that. Right. You know, that's one of the biggest things too. It's just save time, make money. It's a good philosophy to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, balance is a, is a big keyword on this podcast, which you're a listener of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you know, that walk us through balancing like family and work in your household, running your own business. Uh, it can come with long hours, weekends. We've kind of talked about that. Uh, plus you have the racing on the side. Walk us through how you kind of balanced. All I'm that. terrible. I am. I'm not good at balance. Cause could you imagine your, you know, with your office, you just drive it home. And oh, it's in your well, driveway. There. So think about that. My whole operation's in my driveway. Right. It's not anywhere else. So when I come home, I'll come in, play with kids for a few minutes, and, like, I get freight. So generally, like, um, on an average day, I, I leave before 7 a.m. So most days it could be anywhere from 5.30 in the morning to 6.30 in the morning, 7, maybe on my later days. I don't generally get home till 6, 7 o'clock at night. Then I go to go through. I got to check down, check in all the freight do deposits, do all your normal work, business stuff, go through everything to get ready for the next day. And then, you know, my kids are coming and they come out and help too, which is nice. It gives them chores and everything like that to kind of do. And, um, but it makes it a little tougher. It is, I'm terrible with the balance. I really love what I do and I want it to be so great that I forget to just be like, Hey, just go inside for 15, 20 minutes early and stuff like that. I'm not good at it. You'll get there. Yeah. As you It'll your yeah. wife help yeah. like yep. force that on you. Uh, yeah, she's, she's kind of been like, you need to come it's, in sooner, stuff like that. Like in here. if the nice thing is if I get home early enough, I'll go in and eat with the kids. Like I always try and eat when I can, but they eat earlier. I'm always kind of a late night eater and stuff like that anyway, but I try to try to do as much as I can. But yeah, that's the tough part with the, the entire office being in the driveway. Well, um, I hear you. That's why I try not to bring my laptop or the iPad or anything home. Yeah. I try not to, but how many phone calls do you get? You know, do you get calls at night and I stuff do. like that? Yeah. You probably do too. Yeah. Oh yeah. All, all through the night. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, cause just think your about cell it, most mechanics, your business. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, some, some tool guys have separate cell phones. I, I'm just easily accessible, but you know, like if you're a mechanic during the day, you're probably working on your stuff at night and you're like, Oh, I'm working on this project and Hey, I kind of need this. Right. So Snapchat, text me something like that. Hey, I need this next time you come by the shop. A lot of insurance agents do the same thing. They have a separate thing called the bat phone. Yep. Where that's I, exactly I it. don't do that either. No. I just have the same. It'd be, it'd be too confusing. It'd be too confusing. And I just, I like to be accessible too. Mm-hmm. I don't give it to everybody, but yeah. I try, most people have it mm-hmm. or they can get it. Mm-hmm. It's um, easy enough. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So your wife plays a big, she works too though. She does not. Uh, she used does to? not. She, she used to. Yeah. She kind of took it back. So when our twins were born, um, just daycare expenses and stuff like that. How many years ago? Uh, well, you said three. So yeah, the twins four. were four. Yep. She quit when she was pregnant. Um, obviously the twins takes kind of a toll on the body and everything like that. So yeah, she kind of quit before that. Um, we kind of knew once they went back to school and everything, she'd be able to work and go back full time and everything. Once they got in school, make everything a heck of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she's, she can run a tool truck. She's done it. We've been down employees before she's had very little training and just gone out in the route and that's awesome. Find the shop. Yeah. She's Family business. Yeah. That's exactly it. She gets it. So that's a nice thing. It's definitely pros and cons. Cause I'll come home and I'll talk about my day and she knows a hundred percent. Like what you're saying, what I'm, what I'm talking about, what I'm, you know, what customer I'm talking about, right. what tool I sold them, this, that. 
you know? So, I mean, there is a little bit of that. So again, it goes back to the balance point. It does make it a little tougher just because we, it's a common interest essentially between us. But it does probably help balance that she's not working. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't she do what I all do with household her. stuff. And yep. That, um, just running reports, taxes, stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff she does on the back end that it's, I don't know if I could ever do without her kind of a thing. Yeah. I say that all the time too. There's no way I could I could do this podcast or do the the work that I do. It's a good balance between us. I pick I take the kids to school. I pick them up because my job allows for it. Mm-hmm. Kai's at work at five thirty in the morning and is there till five thirty six o'clock at night. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a, it's a big balance both ways. And and you seem to have that good balance at your home too. Yeah. So that's a nice thing between the two of us. We can always make everything work. That's actually something <laughs> I'm going to try and work for. That I'd like to do in the next little while is move a little bit around. At least be able to take the kids to school. Like. One day a week or something, one day every couple of weeks, you know, just to get that little extra time with them. Well, if you get that other driver, you can kind of do it. Yeah, you I want know to that'd do. be the nice thing. It would do, it would free up a lot of extra time. But it's uh, if I could clone myself tomorrow, man, it'd be it'd be sweet. <laughs> Are you actively looking for somebody? Uh, yes and no. We am we all we're always kind of looking. That's one just thing not, I've always like learned. Nothing you're all, posted or anything. Correct. Just, yeah, you're always hiring. <laughs> That's what I've always learned. You're always yep. hiring. You're always talking. Put somebody in your back pocket if something happens. This episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency. If you're looking for an insurance agent with a personal touch, someone willing to have the real conversations about what's important to you, assistance with submitting claims and offering quality coverage options, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency may be the place for you. Whether you need home, auto, farm, commercial, life, or health insurance, we're here for you. Check us out at agentzachmiller.com. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agriculture Insurance Company. Um, I've had employees come and go, you know. Um, so on on that side, yeah, I'm always I'm always looking for somebody, you know. But it's it's uh it's tough because I almost need a manager, but I need somebody with mechanical comprehension and sales experience, and I kind of need somebody that's tech savvy, you know, to be able yeah. to run the computer, the phone, and and just kind of bounce stuff back and forth, and you know. So what we look, it's almost a specialized individual, you know. Everybody yeah. that's successful is always looking. Oh yeah, hire. and mm-hmm. everybody that wants to be successful is always looking for the next uh, opportunity. Opportunity. Oh, exactly. Whether you're an employee or <clears throat> an entrepreneur or whatever it is, you're always. Everybody should be looking. If you're not looking, if you're just stagnant, yeah. I mean, I guess more power to you, but then you're not getting any better. Well, and that's what we always tell ourselves. Even racing the tool industry, if ever, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. You know, if it was easy, you, you know, come do it. But it's <laughs> it's a challenge, you know, day in, day out. Sales is a challenge in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Too. Um, you know, how many sets of screwdrivers can I do you think I can sell a guy? You know, it's one of them things like, you know, and that's we get that a lot. Well, how many, you know, how many wrench sets or ratchets or screwdrivers? You know, how many do they need that? But it's always something, you know. Or they need new. Yep, they need new old stuff's wore out. Well, you're going out to the call and getting all the new people in yep. your way, mm-hmm. which is very smart of you, by the way. I think that's a, I think that's a very uh, I enjoy my time out there. It's uh, it's a good time because they have a they have a tool they show. They call day. that with drug dealers something like just give them a little taste. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Give them a little taste. <laughs> First one's free, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's funny. No, and it's it's definitely changed. You know, every year because I see the same age of kids every year, and it's just you know with the trade schools and everything, the the kids are changing. You know, it's not like what it was. You know, even when I started eight years ago, you know, it's uh, definitely done some goofy things. COVID did some goofy things to the kids yeah. in high schools and stuff like that. You know, speaking of that, I didn't have a question on that on here. I should just make that a normal question. Um, COVID. Yeah. How yeah, did I, how did that affect? It was weird. You? Um. So my twins were born in January of 2020, right before it happened. So when this was starting to come, like, that's nerve-wracking. As a new dad, like, that right. was actually, it was scary. 
you know, um, we didn't really know how to prep or like how, what I should do. I would literally come home, leave my shoes outside, walk straight into our bathroom and shower before my wife would never let me touch anything for the first few months. We didn't know. Right. You know, I was, I was nervous. We kind of even had discussions like, Hey, if shops start shutting down, um, we're going to cut days back and move stuff around. Like, what do we do? We're going to shut down. I think it was 50% of our shops. If 50% of the shops shut down, we're going to, we're going to close, you know, we'll just figure something out. I didn't know what we were really going to do. Uh, but it got busy and we got really busy during COVID. You know, people got their little stimmy checks and they started paying their bills off and they wanted more and shops somewhat got busier because people were sitting at home and okay, they, I've been waiting. I want to read, I want to do this project. I want to do that. Yeah. Project. Or like, Oh, I've been meaning to put tires on my car forever, you know, or this needs done or that needs done. Shops got busier in a sense. And it was like, we got busier and it was like, Oh man. And then the rules and stipulations started coming out and then they started cracking down. So we were considered essential and everything like that. And I had paperwork and all that stuff for it. But, uh, then shops started putting mandates on us. Like I had one shop made me sign paperwork. If I leave the state, I am no longer allowed to come back to their shop for like a month. So there was weird stuff and like goofy rules. So yeah. I couldn't walk into a, Like there was probably a dozen shops I could not walk into, but I could text one of the guys there and say, Hey, I'm sitting out front and the guys would all come out. I couldn't walk into their shop and touch anything, but they can come out and, and touch everything so on the tool weird. truck. I was, no, I was at a place that had, some weird ass shit like that and that i was like me this away. is the dumbest shit i've ever oh, heard it was so like, we can't let our drivers come in here yeah get out yeah. i don't i i'm we not to be human at some point you i know, was right? the guy that's like if you got to use the bathroom i really don't give yeah. a shit somebody else can deal with it mm -hmm. i'm just this guy i'm not wearing a mask i'll never wear a mask you do you buddy yep so don't i had care. to wear a mask at some of the shops and was like God, no, mm. I, I hated it but it was just like i need to make money right yeah. you know you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do so yeah, there were some shops that would make it so the techs had to stand outside of my truck and ask me for like, hey, I want this pry bar. <laughs> I was supposed to have rubber gloves and a mask on oh, and sanitize it in down. In your own pick. Your in my own, own truck. truck. Sanitize it down and hand it to them and re-sanitize it when I put it back on my truck. That was the same company that said I couldn't uh, yeah. I couldn't leave the state. So I was, I mean, it was a little nerve-wracking. Uh, was that a corporate company? Yeah, yeah. very corporate. Yeah. You're... Uh, you have more patience than I do. So it, and it, I do. There's but, zero chance I do. With, I would lose my it was my crazy. life over that. And there were some shops I we literally they're just like, hey, <clears throat> we, no, you're not coming here. Where there was a couple of shops I didn't go to for like six months, and uh -huh. I text the guys like once a month, like, hey, what's going on? Nope, still can't come. Hmm. See, so yeah, I just kind of crazy that way. Um, yeah, COVID was a weird time. It's weird. In Did the you see industry. any shops close? Uh. No, not really. COVID did hurt a couple shops, but no one, I don't think around Norfolk really. Like it, due to that, I mean. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think it hurt anybody enough where they ever shut down. I'm just trying to think of anybody. Not really, you know, but it was just, it was like I said, it was just so weird, you know, with just everything going on. We didn't know. The traffic was great. God, I enjoyed driving the truck around. There. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. In the morning, it was weird. You'd come down 13, imagine 13th street at eight o'clock in the morning. There's not a car in front of you and not a car behind you. We were still open. Yeah, I was here. Uh, so, I mean, I, I remember that. There wasn't it much was so on. crazy. Yeah, I never not went anywhere. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I worked all, all the time and then went everywhere, and I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, that's eventually <clears> what it came down to. Um, kind of going back to racing in 2020 when everything happened, South Dakota was the only state in the country that was racing. And up in Sioux City and Jefferson, up in that area, there was uh, – uh, the race up there, they just started racing the government with or, fans. Yeah. Or 
Yeah, they had, uh, I don't think so with fans. I think you had to be in the pits and you're supposed to social distance and everything and wear a mask. But no, nope. it's okay. Yeah. But they so were the, still the, doing the, the event. Yeah, the governor just said, yep, have at it. And uh, it was crazy and it was pay-per-view. My God, I can only imagine the money they made off of that thing. <laughs> but eventually it was just like, I want to go race. Here we are in I May think I remember June. hearing about that dirt track racing being on yeah. TV and people watching it. Oh, yeah. I think we paid 25 30 maybe even $40 for it, but it was like a live sporting event. Like, right. I'll gladly pay that to watch something at yeah. that point in time. So, yeah, it probably did make a killing on that. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we went up there one weekend. I just said, screw it. I don't care if somebody finds out. I just need to go race. Right. And the cars up there, oh, my God, there were so many people that came from everywhere to race. I mean, um, I'm sure the, the pit crews were bigger. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were parking cars in the parking lot. You know, they were spa- they spaced like each <laughs> each trailer. I was six foot, six foot apart, you know, because it was a magic oh number. God. Yeah. So but but there was so many people trying to shut it down. They were just trying to do whatever they could <clears throat> to get it in. You know, yeah. enough people were just at that point in time in May and June. We were all just fed up with it. Right. You know, so <laughs> no, COVID was a weird year for us. But like I said, we got busier. Um, so it's probably a good year for you. It was. I, I can't complain. Most every business person that has come on this podcast has said they did well through COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't think anybody's had a negative impact. Uh, they found a way to get well. I you mean, have to, yeah, we had to get creative and stuff like that for sure. District and 411. I mean, they had to work their way through it. Yeah. I mean, it obviously put extra and just like you that it put undue stress and Agreed. undue. You just had to find a way through it. But yeah. we were lucky in Nebraska where, I mean. It wasn't California. The, oh, the, yeah. The no, government was, didn't put people out of business. I mean, in California. Yeah. I mean, do, they literally put people out of business. They did, yeah. If you would have been there, would you? do you think you could have hung out? Like, would you have been able to make it a year? I know trucks didn't make it. Um, they lowered through corporate. We're supposed to, there's a certain number, like, you need to buy this much from us. Kind like of a, a quota? Yeah, kind of thing. So they lowered that way down. And there were guys that didn't make that quota, which was crazy to us. You know, like, hey, we're, we're busy. But I know guys that, you know, older generation that were a little more nervous because it was them um, getting sicker compared to us in our yeah. early 30s and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I wasn't worried, you know. I don't know if I've ever had COVID. I've only been tested one time. We went to a NASCAR race in California. That opened my eyes. We went to that two years ago, and that was in 21 and man, had to wear the mask and do all this everywhere. We I'm didn't surprised. really. Where was it at? Uh, L.A. Oh, so we still LA. had to get like tested and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it if was so went down south. You would have been fine. I know it was. <laughs> it was a race, and we really wanted to go to it and be a part of it. It was in the L.A. Coliseum where they did oh. it. It was the coolest, I'm funnest sure thing, was. man. It was a good time. But uh, one of my buddy, he, he did get the vaccination, but he forgot his vax card at our hotel. This is how crazy it is. Forgot his vax card. We had a picture of it when he first got it. He showed that to the lady to get in because I had to show proof that I was a negative test. I had to wear a wristband that I'd been tested and I was negative. I got tested on site. It was a 15-minute test and the only time I've ever been tested for it. And uh, he showed him a picture like, hey, this is my back chart. And they're like, oh, yeah, go. It's like, how does that <laughs> oh, work? I, I did that with – so I was in Denver and it had been 21. Me, my brother, uh, our buddy from high school, and – his brother or another buddy there's four of us all the same vax card the vax card was whited out with a new name on it <laughs> on a phone yep. all use the yep. same one like yep. gtfo yeah like, like oh my god nope i'm glad nothing stuck like uh the, the regulations especially with the flying and everything like that man that was a pain well, some places are going to go back to it so it seemed like up. St. Louis, they tried, and I don't like, think it's going to fly. Yeah, I it's think, not going to fly, but they're going to try. Oh, yeah. 
One hundred percent, they're going to try. Yeah, I. It's just a control thing. I think yeah. you know that's that's yeah. my view on it. Okay, I'm going to take a pee break. I made it an hour and a half. That's good. <laughs> Give me a minute. Okay, we're back. We had to pee. That was a, another. I made it an hour thirty this time. So I was impressed. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. You said you weren't going to crack your beer until you thought because you thought you had to pee a little bit too. Yeah, so yeah. I was waiting. So yeah, yeah we're, we're probably on the downhill slide. That's good. That's good. So COVID, we talked a little bit about. Is there anything else you wanted to go through on COVID? No, I'm just. Uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we realized that we uh, over quotations. Yeah, oh yeah, over. Yeah, yeah essentially till no the next looked, pandemic. Yeah, that's exactly that's the way I look at it. You know, it's just a bunch of that stuff we don't need. Do you, do you have faith that um, people will see through stuff a little more and be a little more resistant? Or I think so. Do you I think, think it's opened people's eyes. I think everything that's gone on in the last few years, it's just. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but like, oh, please do. Well, pretty I mean, much every conspiracy turns out to be true. That's exactly <laughs> anymore. That's exactly it. You know, it's always something. You know, there was all them food places were burning, our chicken coops and stuff were burning down. You know, it's just like, well, what are we covering up here? What are we doing there? You know, like I don't go hunt the information out, but it just seems weird. You know, I hope people start asking more questions. You know, to find out the truth and do their research and stuff. Don't believe everything you see on Facebook. That's either. what we try to do on yeah. the other podcast. Yeah, work at it. No, and I, you guys have, on that podcast too, it's opened my eyes on a few things that I just don't, I'm not a big news person and stuff like that. But yeah, just open your eyes and go do your own research and stuff like that. That's sure. kind of what we push, push to is just to like, just bring it to your attention. Form your own opinion yeah. on it. I'm going to give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. You can take it if, take it or leave it. Exactly. I don't really, it's not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> I just want you to know that this is going on. You make your own depending on opinion on what is happening. Exactly. And then read it. I think more critical thinking in this world does everybody better. Oh, yeah. You can't think for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, my wife's aunt said this on Facebook or posted this and that. <clears throat> no, you just got to go do your own research on this. Well, some people are believing memes. Oh, yeah. There's always that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> meme culture is yeah. a, it might be my favorite thing in the world. Uh, I really enjoy it. so funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I get, I get, uh, <laughs> Uh, you talk about FOMO or whatever, which I yeah. had no idea what FOMO was when Jose was talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like, even for another, I don't know, it was like a month. I think the next time you did it. took you, you that it, long to figure it out? I think it, the next time you brought it up, I was like, all right, now I got to fucking Google FOMO <laughs> and figure out yeah. what the fuck that means. Because yep. I was like, I have no idea what FOMO That's is. That's awesome. But now like... <laughs> <laughs> I literally had never heard that. Why didn't that. you ask? I don't know. I just like, oh my goodness. Because uh, I didn't want to sound stupid. No dumb questions. No dumb questions. Yeah. Uh, I tried yeah. to tell him that, but he's still I like, literally, this stuff months later. I don't know. I Dealing with college kids and the slang they use, I literally, I do ask him. I'm heard. like, guys, yeah, like, what? I have no I idea what that means. Yeah, like, what I, are you talking about? I try to keep up on it. So Christian's at that age where, like, I'm starting to hear, like, new stuff. Oh, gotcha. they're saying. So oh, I'm trying yeah. to. I'm, it helps me Especially keep with up gaming, with, with him gaming and stuff like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's a well, ton even just of it. me being in the gaming culture. You get a little bit. Of I, it. Get, I hear you know watching Twitch or whatever. I hear I'm like, what the fuck did they just say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that and I was like, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> kind of moving on, and then mm-hmm. so now I get that with memes. When I see a meme, I'm like, I don't, this one doesn't. I don't. Yeah. And then I get that FOMO feeling. <laughs> I'm like yeah, now maybe, I got to figure out what this is. Maybe I'm getting old, so God. I can laugh with it. <laughs> I love. Maybe I we love don't want to see culture. Vance's search history on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of Urban Dictionary. <laughs> you have to in the meme world. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, let's what get back. Let's get back mean? on topic. <laughs> it's a great tool, man. I know it is. 
Do you have any other ventures or projects that you're working on that you're willing to discuss with us? Anything in the future here that you foresee? So I don't know of anything in the future. Um, like I said, we do own some storage units. So, I mean, eh, just something we kind of branched out on that I, I enjoy, you know, I get to use my Ranger and I go move some snow and same thing and listen to the podcast, kind of jam out for a little bit. Um, kind of fun. We did flip a house uh, last year. Really? Uh, that was an interesting process between a, a married couple and everything like that. You guys did the work? Or? Uh, not everything. So we hired some stuff. out. There's some stuff I'm just not good at. And we found out exactly what those things were. Um <laughs> Yeah, we, probably pretty quickly. Yeah, very fast, actually. Well, I don't know. We'd get into some projects, and I'd be like, see, I told you I can't do this. I tried to explain this. Uh, but no, we bought a house and literally gutted this entire thing. We, in Pierce? Yeah. Yep. And that's um, living in Pierce. It's always making the community better. And that was kind of like my dad kind of pushed us like, hey, they're going to sell this house. You should guys could buy it. You know, we we discussed everything from renting to tearing it down to turning duplexes, all this, all that. So we bought this house, literally gut it to its studs. Um, the craziest thing I'll remember doing on this thing, we shingled the house. One of the first things we did, we and they took four layers of shingles off. Jesus. My wife and one of the contract guys went downstairs, and one of the braces was laying on the floor, and they're like, well, that was there. And the, what they figured out is there was so much weight on the shing, on the roof that it lifted the whole house up. Oh, my God. So it was kind of crazy. We ended up tearing down the old garage. They built a new one there. But, yeah, we literally shingled, sided windows, uh, put an extra bathroom in this place, uh, redid all the floors in it. I mean, it was about a year and a half project. And the worst part was I was racing in Arizona, and I get this picture of my wife literally next to a sold sign that she bought a house. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got some questions. So she had always kind of discussed she wanted to flip houses and stuff like that. And it was uh, it was a long, drawn-out process. We didn't make near as much money as we kind of anticipated. But we built the house knowing, like, if we had to move in, we could we could move in. Right. Like, we did it right, I feel like. You know, some people flip house and go cheap and this and that. No, we took our time and did everything right. But, yeah, that was quite the interesting venture. I don't think I want to get into any more house flipping, though. <laughs> A lot of people do it that way, though. They they start to flip the house and they yep. live in it, yeah, until they can sell it. And well, there's tax laws and stuff like that, and there was yep. just so much goofy stuff. And yeah, it's yeah. not as easy as people make it seem on TikTok or oh yeah on HGTV. Yeah. Oh yeah, my wife's a big HGTV uh, person, and it's not as easy as they make the it. Scariest look. part is always like finding something you weren't expecting to find that's like an expensive fix. Oh or, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I, I I've wanted to do it too. So I, I get your, I, get I enjoyed your, it. I learned a lot. Like I, I got really good at that. Like laminate click together flooring. I spent three weekends of my life doing that. Uh, <laughs> started in one room in the kitchen, went out to the living room, went into the dining room, went into the bathroom, literally the whole bottom, the bottom floor. I did it. I got really good at it. So we had, uh, <clears throat> we had, I moved in with my brother. My brother bought a house in Battle Creek right before the flood in Battle Creek basement mm. flooded i lived in the basement we took cart took all the carpet out and we put in that click together uh lvp stuff mm -hmm. the waterproof stuff we attempted <laughs> and said nah we're gonna hire somebody again yeah. it's the patience thing that's like, no it just comes like down just, to it i ain't gonna do this i can just work. sit there and i can just work i don't somebody offered to come help and i'm like no nah, i just want to do this alone just let it's me just, do it yep this is perfect and the guy that did it yeah he's like you just you just gotta make sure it's all put in the right way he's like Man, <laughs> you got it. Yeah, patience, patience, <laughs> and a lot of stuff. 
That's why I can't flip houses because I wouldn't want to go. I mean, do yeah, all it took us like a, a year and a half of just sticking money into this thing, and it was just like oh, then this and then that. And, you did know. you end up coming ahead though? Yeah, yep. We did. We ended up making just a little bit. Not as far as you. Yeah, just not as far. The the market <clears throat> was just really weird when the interest rates started. We sold it midsummer. You know, that was right when the rates started going up and everything like that. So that hurt us and stuff. Was it a foreclosure or anything, or just a- no? There was just somebody selling it, um, and it would no matter what, like. The stairs didn't meet code and stuff like that. And the electrical was all that. Like, Was it like pretty close to being like condemned? It could have been. I think it easily could have been. Like the, if you'd really got into it when we did, you know, the tube and not wiring, you know, there was no, didn't have that extra ground wire. You know, everything was two prong in the whole place. And Jeez. the bathtub was concreted in. <laughs> so we had to use sledgehammers <laughs> to literally destroy the bathtub, taking it out. Good Lord. Yeah. So it was a good time, <clears throat> but I learned some stuff, you know, just life lessons, stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of stuff I'd never done before and, I know how to do now, at least, you know. Is there anything on your bucket, you know, maybe not projects, but is there, is there anything on your entrepreneur bucket list that you want to do? No. Or something that you're like a dream thing that you'd like to be a part of? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I haven't really got that far just because I really feel like we're still growing with what we have in the, the Mac Tools business. But my, my mind never stops going. So see, and there's like, no, it's, I'm in the same way, you know, like I would like to put a laundromat in Pierce, you know, we could use a laundromat. You know, there's a few things, you know, like I said, the hobby town in, in Norfolk, that'd be really cool to have something like that. You know, Sioux City's got what I, we just went up there a few weeks ago. They have what I would love to have in town, you know, it's just time and I'm just so busy with everything else. Diamond money. Yeah. That's yeah. two things we never have enough of. <laughs> yeah. Well, one you can make, the one you just lose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> as far as Pierce goes, we, did you listen to John's Hausman's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing he said that really stuck with me was that, you know, you, you take a building on Main Street in Pierce and you, you make it look nice and, and people are going to love you forever. Is that, do you see that yeah. as the case? Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. You know, when anybody can do anything downtown, any place, you know, it's just, it kind of brightens it up. You know, there were some some places in Pierce that just kind of laid vacant there, not a lot going on, but it's, our downtown seems to be getting better. I don't go to Pierce too often. We were going to Jay's place. Um, Kai obviously worked there for years. Mm-hmm. Uh it seems like things are some things are leaving. Yeah. Are you seeing kind of an uptick in So I think it is getting better. Uh we've got a new housing development up kind of by the high school and everything like that. So they're building some new houses, which was good. Before that, there really wasn't a lot of new houses being built in Pierce over the last few years. So that's kind of getting more popular. So I feel like people they want to work in Norfolk and live in these small towns. And I, so I definitely feel like the small towns are growing and yeah. stuff like that. We talk a lot about that, actually. Yeah. They've got some good things going for them. We're going to get some, like a big old splash pad out of the park. They're working for that. Uh, Zion School, which my kids go to school at, uh, they're adding on or building a new front location with some new classrooms and everything, which is good because that place is really old. So that'll be really good. So I feel like things are on the up and up. Um, a couple of the old kind of rundown foreclosed house, not really foreclosed, but older rundown houses, guys are fixing up. I kind of feel like we showed people of Pierce what we could do. Uh, my wife's a little bit more involved with the community than I am just because I'm always working and stuff. So people know her, but like we took a house that didn't look that good and made it look really nice. So we kind of showed people, Hey, you can do this. You can update these houses and make them look nice. And I don't know if we started it, but it feels like in the last it can happen. Yeah, year, yeah. year and a half, they're fixing up some of these places. I wish that would happen somewhat down here. I agree. In Norfolk. Um, there's some beautiful homes, even just right over here. Mm-hmm. Kenningstein's got some really nice ones. Oh, um, yeah. There's some good ones back in here. Um, I'm trying to think. Elm, Virgis, um, beautiful homes. I'm trying to think. Is it Some of the older <laughs> homes are right around in here. The pillar types, the colonial style homes. Elm's this way. Elm is... Right? Uh, 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Prospect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, prospects over there. Prospect. There's two beautiful, like brick, homes right down here on Prospect that have, over my time being here, have obviously kind of gotten run down, but they're beautiful, original homes. I think that if somebody would just go in there and put some fix them up, it, it'd be yeah, great. Like, be great. Mm-hmm. Well, and just downtown. I mean, just see what it's done in Norfolk here. You know, it's just crazy. Just just me driving downtown. I don't be careful. I know. Some people don't like that. Oh, trust me. I hear it all. Yep. It's a hot, have, button, hot button topic. Yeah, here. I have a few customers. I like it. Here on Touching Base. Yep. Yeah. We bring it out yeah, on both I, sides. I, yeah. I respect everybody's opinion. I don't oh, really yeah. care either way. We just we, we haven't seen any flack yet on any of the posts. Yeah. Based off of some of the podcasts few, that we've had. Them. A few of them. A few. But I expected, but nothing, I expected more. Yeah. I don't know if people are just trying to be nice to us or yeah. what. But No, I know. I Trust me. I hear it all from customers all over town and everything. Why are we spending money on this? Well, it does look nice. I want people to come live here. I want economy to boom. You yeah. know, high tide rises all ships. Yeah. We always talk about if, if Norfolk's doing well, then Pierce, Madison. Correct. Stanton, Everybody's doing uh, good. Battle you know? Creek. Yeah. Um, I have arguments on certain things, and I, I voice them, and, but... Again, I think everybody's in, like we talked about, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the things are a little goofy. I'm not going to lie. Some of the weird stuff that we spend money on, but you're yeah. always going to get that everybody's stuff. trying to make something better. We're mm-hmm. just going about it different ways. Yep. Feels like I think we're we're lucky in this area. Uh, there's not there's not a lot of nefarious stuff going on. I mm-hmm. mean, if we were in a different different state, neighboring state to the west. Or, you know, just different things. There would definitely be some nefarious stuff going on, but uh, you just Wrong kinda, podcast. <laughs> I know, it's the wrong podcast. <laughs> I just spent a week in Denver, so. I can only imagine. <laughs> so other than that, you don't nothing really no, you got like, your eye on? No, nothing. Like I said, if the opportunity came up, like the storage units, it was like uh, literally one day to the next, like, oh, yeah, let's, let's sit down and talk about this, you know, like. But I'm just so busy with everything else, and I think there's still room for me to grow with this. But so you're pretty much going to have to get to the point where you were talking about get Correct. out of driving mm-hmm. to, to be, be able, able to do, do anything, anything else. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's 14, 16 hour days. It's really tough to fit anything else in there. And How much more racing you got left in you? I'd like to think about three, four years, maybe. Tell them about forty. If I can do that and still stay competitive, and maybe tone it down a little bit there. But yeah, my kids will be you know, like they're going to be four. You know, if they yeah. want to get into it. Stuff like that. They're getting older. It'd be you know? good to have you still in it if they wanted to get into it, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Be easier. Yep. You know, I want them to come. You know, we have a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old, so they're getting... Do they enjoy it? Do they enjoy coming and watching? Yeah, they do. They don't come a ton just because it's so tough with kids and being there all night, in a sense, you know. Um, but they're not super into it, but they're not as competitive. I don't I don't know if... I don't see a lot of the competitiveness in the kids. Like, when we were young, you know, playing football and stuff like that, you know. I hated losing. Chris, Chris is I very hate competitive. Losing. Yeah. <clears throat> I hate losing gaming. anything. Like I don't care what it is. I just, like I'm not gonna play if I'm not trying. That's exactly that's the way I look at it. Like, it doesn't matter what I, I do. I will lose. And it's a be basket right, weaving I don't contest. Want to. I want to win it. Yeah. Kai will tell me why is he slamming his desk in there? Because like, he's he lost. <laughs> he died. He's, yeah. he's getting upset. Yeah. <laughs> so just I'm gonna let him do it until he breaks something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yep. at least he's you start throwing that's controllers. Exactly. Yeah, and we don't do that. He knows that, that but yeah. he might slam his desk a few times. And that's the thing. Like my nine year old, she is the least competitive person I've ever seen in my life. Like I can't motivate her. We tried go kart racing with her, and she's just like, I just I'm just here to have fun, and I get that. I want you to have fun, but like. I don't want to lose every week. Like, 
like lead some laps. a waste of money. Here. Well, that and time, it's like man, just I get can, a remote control for it. Yeah, like you, you oh, can do no, you, you can you can do the controls. We were from the- we were doing goofy stuff. We were because she'd hold the brake down when she was mm. racing. She'd hold it down and it's like you could literally see this thing smoking as she's going around the track. And they're like, your engine's blowing up. I'm like, no, that's just the brakes. You ain't gonna be able to touch that for a while. So no, it's just something. She just like didn't want to go faster. No, she she did good and then she flipped. Oh, that'll do it. And I. Couldn't get the go-kart refired. And I still think to this day, had I been able to get that go-kart refired, she could have just went she back out went, there. But she, she started got thinking about so it. She's scared. Yep. Yeah. yep. It happens. She's it. a young kid. Big yeah. wrecks. They say that in NASCAR. It. That big wreck kind of ruins some yeah. people. There's that thing. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like it, you get booked off a horse, you got to get back on. And exactly. If you don't get on at that point, that's when you, like you said, you miss that point. Like, I, I got to get yeah. this going. So that's where the fear sets She's going to go. And and then she would have happened. It would have happened. Just get back right back on that horse and go. I mean, that's a real. I mean, that's a cowboy thing, but it, it's a real thing. Oh, it's like, true. It's mental, the way pure it mental. Is. You get your bell rung, or like you get tackled in football hard, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Get up there and do it again. Yep. Like it, yep. Just let it go. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that a lot. Like you just got to get that very first, that first get back. You just got to get. Let's go one yep. time. I still think, yeah, if we could have just got it running, just got back out there, we'd been all right. But yeah. that kind of ruined her. But huh. so we're you, gonna get political. Oh, go ahead. I got one quick question. Okay. Do you have anybody younger under you that you're kind of a neighbor kid or yeah, actually uh, I do friends kids or anything that you're one of my friends kids. The- uh, he's thirteen. He actually goes to school with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad is one of my good friends, and just happened randomly i think he was at the races with one of his buddies and he lives three blocks away from my parents shop where we're going the race car and i was like hey if you want to come down sometime that kid he busts his ass um he'll come down it sounds stupid to wash tires on a dirt track car but we wash tires we get them clean dirt absorbs moisture so we try and get them clean that way we can inspect everything make sure the tires are all going to be good he'll pound dents anything i need this kid to do obviously i can't let him do some of the the more technical side of things but it just frees time up for me but yeah, that's uh, it's really good to see at least you know one of these kids, young and involved and wanting to do it and work hard at it. You know, it's pretty cool. You know, I think he did some go kart racing when he was young, and then they just they got busy with sports and stuff like that, and he wasn't able to do anymore. But um, now I have high hopes for this kid. I really hope he'll want to come back this year and still work on the car and and like I said, winning cures everything. So um, definitely helps when we run up front. And <laughs> yeah. except the one race we won this year, he wasn't there. <clears throat> And I know along those lines, I'm you know we don't need to talk about your financials, but would you ever consider taking a kid like that and financing his journey? There's there's definite possibility that we could look at that just so I'm involved in a sense. You know, uh, like I said, I'm getting older. Rex hurt more. Working on car hurts more. Um, just time, but that's definitely something. You know, it's been in the back of my mind. You know, if something were to happen, like we have everything. You right. know. That'd you know, be that'd be really cool. I think that'd be a really there, cool idea. There is guys that out there that do drive cars for guys around. They they're the owner and they just have a higher driver. Essentially, it's it's not uncommon, but it's not super common. That's cool. I like I like that. That'd be a way to still stay in the business and right and bring somebody else up new and yeah. And you can mm-hmm. keep doing it until you're eighty old. years old. Yeah. All right. Is that you good? Political. Not a super political person, but it's I'm okay. Ready you're gonna be now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> With an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of our country is right now? And do you feel that we are being well represented at the federal and state levels? So the state, I don't mind so much. I think there's a few things we could do. 
I'd love some online sports betting. I wish we could just fix that in a hurry. Um, <coughs> the federal level just kind of sucks right now. You know, like I said, I don't get super political on a lot of stuff, but it's just, see, everything seems harder now. Um, back a few years ago, life was, uh, life was a lot better. It's, mm-hmm. al- it's almost like elections have consequences. Yeah. It's like kind of weird like that. I think people <laughs> maybe have that. learned, uh, we'll kind of see where this She'd goes this year. <sighs> I don't know. You have more faith than I do. But. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am Republican, so I kind of know where my, you guys kind of probably know where my vote's going to go. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a, have you watched any of the debates? Do you have I a, st- no, I, I literally, I watched them back in 2020 probably. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. Um, I know you guys talked about like all this fighting is just stupid. I really don't care about your pat. Like, what are you going to do for me today? Yeah. Yeah, Everybody makes mistakes in the past. What are you going to do for me today? How are you going to help me? Did you you pay attention to the caucuses? I started to watch it, but my kids were just there. So I I started, but I never really could focus in on everything. Did you see the results? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he won all, but Trump won all, but one County. Yep. And And it was like one vote. It It was one coat. It was one vote in the, Johnson County, I believe. Yeah. Uh, which is where uh, the university I was at. Mm. So, yep. no, it'll be interesting this year. I'm really hoping that people kind of get smart, you know. Um, after the last election, I, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but man, some goofy stuff <laughs> went on. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll call it. That's a good word for it. Goofy. Yeah, I'll call it goofy. <laughs> goofy. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, <laughs> Without giving away who you're going to, you don't got to say who you're going to vote for. So it was Trump and then DeSantis and Haley were like, what, within a few percentage points? Uh, Trump had them by 20 points. Right. But, but oh, those two? Those yeah. two. Which, it was they like were close. 22 to 21 or yeah, 23 Yeah, they were both in the 20s. Um, and then uh, Vivek was at 8, 8% basically. Which surprised me actually with yeah, some of the from, stuff we he saw. He went from 0 to 8. Yeah, I mean, so he, I, he I'm dropped a huge, out. I'm I've been a huge Vivek fan. I just didn't. But think we it both have. You, you've heard that. Yeah. Do, what, how would you feel if he ends up being the vice presidential candidate for with Trump? So I, I don't. I don't think he'll be the vice president. But. I don't think he's going to be either. Just I don't think so either. I'm just. I'm yeah. Hypothetically, I don't know much about what he really like stands for. I know he's really starting to back Trump and everything like that. But I don't know what his views are. I mean, I imagine. I, uh, yeah, I guess we probably didn't cover a lot of yeah we haven't listened to a lot of views. speeches yeah. and everything um he's probably of all the candidates other than trump there's more um there's more content out there for you that you could listen to mm. i mean he's been Where he on, actually gives his yeah, take he did yeah. a long form with patrick say, do david oh yeah long form stuff he's that's been, impressive because you don't see a lot, lot of that them. stuff between him and really, there's no other person besides him and uh, RFK that have done it. RFK did a bunch of long long form stuff. Uh, Vivek has done all kinds of long form podcasts. He's been on. And he doesn't like uh, interviews. Sean Ryan. He's been on uh, Patrick McDavid. He's been on. I mean, he's been all over. <clears throat> and he's got really good views. I mean, he, he's yeah. a brilliant guy. I think. Um, I just don't see him as the vice president. I, he's definitely going to be involved with Trump. At some at some level, and Trump as much said so today. He said he's he's going to be working with us for a long time. Yeah, I don't think Haley's going to get very far. I think Haley's being backed by Democrats extremely hard. Oh, really? Yeah, we we've said that a little bit. We haven't fully gone into it, but yeah, we think it's a a a Democrat in disguise. Mm, I think something like that. Yeah, I believe it's there. (laughs) And I'm I'm foreshadowing. 
half of my content for <laughs> That's okay. useless tomorrow. But uh, this isn't coming out until uh, next week. Come, okay, well, you'll hear it on useless too. <laughs> uh, I I feel like this is the demo. Haley is the Democrats' plan to get rid of Biden. Oh, and yeah. so they're they're going. Democrats are going to vote in all the blue states in the Republican primary, and hopefully they can get the delegates to get Trump out. So there's going to be some goofy stuff because obviously they don't want him in there. You know? Yeah. Well, they're trying to get him off balance. Everything. In states, yeah. And so. that's been, you know, again, you take away our freedom. Like that's yeah. our right to vote. If I want to vote for Daffy Duck, I want yeah. to vote for Daffy Duck. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Vote. I don't care what you feel like, but let me vote for who I want to fucking Yeah. There's vote no for. reason. No reason yeah. to take anybody off a ballot. I thought that was kind of shit. And I'm glad, I'm glad they took it off. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's. Do you feel that the systems that are in place still work in today's time? Like the two party system? Mm-hmm. No, not really. I don't know what I would ever do to change it. We've It's been like this for so long. How do you fix it? At why this why point? do you feel like it doesn't work? You know, nothing against, I'm obviously a Republican, mm-hmm. but I will never, because I'm a Republican and I just feel like there's such a separate between the two parties, I will never really listen to anything any of the Democrats ever have to say because I don't, I just lump them into one big group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't ever listen to anything any of the Democrat uh, party ever really has to say because it's just like well i know i'm gonna vote red well most of it's bad right <laughs> well that's exactly anyway, it but right but like i never i just automatically assume that for the most part yeah is it like like i've talked about rfk jr a little bit huh? and and vance has given me some pushback on him obvious for obvious reasons um but of any candidate that's ever been on that side, and now he's not he's not anymore. He's what independent. He's he? independent now because they wouldn't allow him they in wouldn't primary. allow him in there. But he was originally a Democratic candidate. Mm. Um and obviously he has some things that but it would have been one that I you know, if there was never if there wasn't a good Republican candidate, he would have been one I would have crossed the line for. Seeing if that was somebody where that like we didn't have the party system where like you were just voting <clears> for a person, <throat> like you might, I might entertain, you know. Well, he's also against guns. There's some things, right. there's some there's things, some things like, that he right. wasn't, yeah, that Vance brought to my attention that I didn't fully understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's um, always going to be some I, of that. I don't hate the guy. I, I, he just has some views that uh, I think need reckoning. And he, I, I've listened to some more and I think he softened his stance on some things, but uh, uh, the climate change stuff, I can't, that's to me is right on board with that, the second amendment shit. Like, you got you got to stop with this and i mean yeah. he was he i mean he i thought he, he was said, big in some climate change stuff yeah, yeah. He, he is well he started as a climate change guy, lawyer a climate lawyer that's, Envi- that's it was, he, he was an environmental, environmental lawyer environmental he lawyer. did some hudson river studies yeah and, that's kind of what he made his bones on and, and uh, extremely intelligent guy and and he i will say and I respect him wholeheartedly. He was he was there on the vax. I mean, the vax stuff. He was right on. He was good. He was uh, intelligent with, and um, I'm on his side on that. <clears throat> but he, I mean, he made comments that he believes people that don't follow climate change laws um, or mandates or whatever need to be put in prison. I'm not going to listen to fucking AOC right. on what she thinks is yeah. a climate change yeah. or climate Law issue. On How we're like going to fix this shit. No. You and, and nobody's, are nobody's perfect. There hasn't been a perfect no. candidate. No. Far no, that's side. exactly it. And term limits, I feel like, would maybe change some of that. I'd love to see that, obviously. Uh, I did see our uh, local uh, representative wants to increase term limits here in the state of Nebraska. So that's a really shitty thing. Mm. But yeah, that's I'm yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's a bad thing. Who's yeah. that? He Dover. 
I don't think anybody should be a career politician. No, like, it doesn't not, work. No, it doesn't. We just see it right now in the way. Yeah, it's just corruption. You know, like just money. Just, <laughs> just it's all money and power. It is. And just seeing the Public. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> yeah, never like, done anything in the private sector. Have only been in the public but sector. But it's just seeing how much they're like. You go back and look at something he did in the nineties. And yeah. some of the speeches that he gave, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. that's it's like, okay, all <laughs> yeah. right, come on, you've been voluntold what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. But, I don't know whatever it would take to fix at yeah. this point. It's almost like we're too far gone. And well, the problem is for the next 60, 70, even if like today we'd be like, all right, no parties. For the next 60, 70 years during our lifetime, we'll be like, well, he's still a Democrat. He's still a Republican. You know, it's just like. It would happen that way. Yeah. yeah. Unless they actually like the thing is they need to speak on their actual like issues and what they're yeah gonna like do. what are you gonna do to help me yeah you nah. know as a small business owner you yeah. know in in Nebraska like what? get out of Washington yeah exactly what get are you gonna do to, to help where, us get back to the places that you're representing and only go to Washington and like it was designed it was only designed for them to be in Washington or wherever for like a month or whatever I can't remember the days but they weren't supposed to spend the whole year there they were supposed no. to be with their constituents. Doing their job, not as a senator, not as a congressman, nothing like that. Uh, and we've gotten away from that. Now they just go live in Washington, and they're, it's just a cesspool, and it just it just eats at your core. And it seems like it it destroys it destroys moral fiber of the people we're sending there. They're all friends. That's a oh, thing. Yeah. Like it's all a their kids party. go to school yeah, together. It's all, they, yeah, it's not they like all they live in the same fucking schools. areas. They're, yeah. How can you scratch my back? Yeah, exactly. That's and I talk about the uniparty a lot, and I I think that is our biggest fight towards the two party system is the uniparty because it's them versus us. Yeah, we send them there, <clears throat> but they don't do anything for us. No. So, and it's just like we talked about at the local government side. How I thought that nothing against Josh, but him running unopposed twice wasn't a good thing. No, I agree. You need somebody to go against people, you. People people bitch all the time. Let's. Well, Change it. Yeah. You know? Well, now there's going to potentially be three candidates. So inter- it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. See, I don't follow that. Like, I, I don't follow the Norfolk race and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, my dad's, he's the mayor of Pierce. I don't know if you actually knew that. I anymore. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a little interesting there. So I get a little side of it from, from just the small community and everything like that. I wonder how big, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of a difference handling it, but it's probably pretty close. Mm-hmm. Handling a smaller community to handling a community like yeah. work. He's probably just got more people essentially to work with it on some of that yeah. projects and stuff like that. Actually, your dad probably works more. No, well, offense, no offense, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> he, he'd be fine if I said that. Yeah. Look to his face. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean... The, the, the local part of it, and I don't want to get into this too much because I really didn't want to announce too much, but one candidate will be coming on. The other one has not wanted to as of right now. I'm not going to name any names of who's what, <clears throat> but um, I'm hoping to get every, I'm hoping to get all the city council candidates on here along with, and we can even yeah. get like the local cities too. Pierce, yeah, Pierce Stanton. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be able to. If you're, I mean, we should get your dad on. He'd talk a lot. He'd yeah. talk a lot more than I do. He'd be a good one. Yeah. He's been around for a while, just as a small business owner. And then, yeah, just the mayor through. How long has he been the mayor? Uh, I think when did the floods happen? 19? 19. Yeah, so right yeah, 19. Yeah. 
That was that was kind of like that <coughs> happened like just after he got elected. Oh, so he, got, he got thrown oh, right into it. Yeah, it was a mess. That was uh, not a good time. How's that been for him? I mean, has he enjoyed it? I think so. I think he enjoys it. You know, he's he's a lifelong citizen. He's literally lived there his entire life. His dad built a house there, um, and they've been there forever. So, you know, what better person would you want leading the community? And he's for <laughs> Pierce. He wants to better Pierce, you know, like yeah. everything he feels like he does to, you know, the housing district up there to build new homes and, and help the schools out. You know, they're... They're big on helping Zion out with Air Edition and the Splash Pad. That's kind of been, you know, something he's been really pushing and stuff like that. You know, and I'm sure there's the same thing that with downtown here. You know, people are like, why would we spend money on that? Well, it's like we want people to live here. We, yeah. You know. Does he get in some flack? Do you see a lot oh, of that? Yeah. yeah. I look on Facebook and I don't know if he sees any of that. I know he's on Facebook and stuff like yeah. that. But if it's just like... People just don't see the big picture sometimes, I feel like, with some of that stuff. We talk about that a lot on this podcast, (laughs) Like, it's just so closed, narrow-minded on some of that. Yeah. They just don't see where their money's going. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Or they don't think they, it's an important thing. But, I mean. Like, it's a tough line to, and I've I've, I've fought with this a lot, even on this podcast, or the podcasts, I guess I talk about it a lot. It's tough. It's a fine line to fight like because i'm a small government guy i'm not i look at it as private industry will do more with money than any public uh entity and so it's hard to find that to fight that deal to where it's like yes i get it it's nice it's cool but we're we're spending the money the public money on that when i don't know maybe we shouldn't be giving that to the public money like maybe and i get it a lot everybody the, the argument people say is, well, it's going to get spent somewhere. Somebody's going to spend it. I get it. So I'm talking on a systematic issue. Let's try to fix the systematic issue at the top. Like, stop. Let's not make it able for somebody to spend that money. He wants to cut it off at the head, which I I we all do. Yeah, yeah, some of the grants and, and stuff like that. I'm not speaking in something that's feasible, but I'm I'm trying to get to that point. Like, I, get, I understand it's it. It's feasible. It just it's, takes time. It takes time. I'm at that point, like, Let's let's cut down at the top so that yeah we have to spend it because somebody else will or somebody else will. Well, let's make it to where it's not there for somebody to spend. Maybe but it's also going to take everybody to be on the same page. <laughs> the whole I understand country. that it's going to take a lot. And we we are the most divided <laughs> hey, on on all aspects. So you're saying that there's we've a ever chance. Been. Well, there's always a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. always <laughs> a chance. <laughs> so as long as long as they quit chance. dividing people, the more the more division that we keep getting. Oh, it's it's a lot. Every the day worse there's it's something else. Get. Every day. Yep. <clears throat> and that's frustrating. It's super frustrating. And then you go meet, I mean, uh, and I, like I talked about, uh, I was in Denver all week in Colorado and I met great people. Don't believe the same views. Don't, they don't have the same views as I do, but you sit in a room with them and they're all, I mean, they're not bad people. Like nobody is, it's just like, why can't we just have this conversation? Like, why, why can't, can't we just we be, so be friends? friends? <laughs> Just be civil about yeah, everything. Just be civil, like and I, compromise. And think about somebody yeah, besides your that word. Compromise. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. Zach's been really big on that. I am. Uh, or he, he just doesn't want to. The, the thing with Vance, and he, I'm sure you've heard it on the podcast, is he doesn't like that word because he thinks we've compromised too much. Right. And You're that, just trying to give up. Like you give an inch, and they're going to take a foot. That's yeah. what it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. So we need what we need is the other side to compromise a little more. That's and, what, that's. What and I doing. look at it as. Uh, Think about somebody besides yourself. Yeah. 
Uh, I know a lot of people don't. They have a hard time doing it, and I, especially in times like this, it's difficult times. I mean, it's hard. People are having a hard time paying rent, hard time paying their bills, hard time feeding their families, that type of thing. So it makes it really difficult to to think of somebody besides yourself. But I think if the world, if people started thinking about other people than themselves a lot more, stupid ass laws wouldn't get passed. Like stupid, stupid ideas, stupid regulations. That would stop a lot more because be like, hey, we're doing this, but that might actually hurt like 50,000 people over here, but it's not going to hurt me. Yeah, so it's good for our state. Yeah, like, like that. And I know that that's just a big thing that has, it just bugs me. And I think about that a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I kinda, that's my little <laughs> tangent there. So where, where do you see yourself? We kind of talked about this a little bit. Do you see, do you, where do you see yourself going in the future? Are you enjoying where you are? Do you see yourself ever leaving Northeast Nebraska? No, no, not really. I think I'll be in, I think I'll live in Pierce probably the rest of my life. Lifer. I yep. I don't really see myself moving. You know, I went to Houston and Texas for college and everything. And that was pretty eye opening being an 18 year old kid. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I just didn't, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I could live there. I just like the Nebraska life. It is a little easier, a little laid back. Um, even though we're really like, I'm really fast paced and everything like that, but I just like the, the communities and stuff like that. Um, everything that seems to be going on in a lot of the communities, like I know we just kind of talked about it, seems like everything's on the up and up. Um, For the most part. Yeah, I can't complain. You know, I feel like we're in a good spot right now. Hopefully in in a year, it's it's even be- it's going to get better and stuff like that. That's what I keep telling my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just need to get through this year. Like that's <laughs> exactly, just got to get through this year. As long as the election goes well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're hoping. We're hoping that's the way it's going to go. I do have a we quick can get question. some of our money back. Sorry, I could get, kind of go back to the Houston thing. Uh, so, what you went to school for, you're not doing, correct? Correct. Um, and I know it, it has helped you in what you're doing just by the by listening to what you've been saying. But uh, somebody to follow in your footsteps doesn't particularly need to go that right, correct? Correct. They could just, I mean, yeah. you can do it without having that. Correct. The way you've done it. You don't yep. need to have that. I, I'm yep. just, I just kind of wanted to put no, that out No, you could literally, um, <clears throat> as far as what I do with the Mac tools and everything, I mean, they, all the distributors all come from different backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, one guy. It was, helps you, obviously. It does, it does. Yep, it gives me a background of the information and stuff like that and just the general knowledge. And I use our tools, you know, like, oh, hey, there's a special tool for this, like, I know it's on the truck. Well, might as well go demo it and make sure it's going to work right and uh, that kind of stuff. So it does make that stuff easier. But yeah, anybody can really go out and and do what I've done. You know, it's just time, hard work. You know, um, I always tell anybody I train, you always get out of it what you put into it. I feel like, and I, that's anything. Yeah, that's yeah. just anything. Just go to work and be prideful and have fun. Like I love what I do. Working for somebody else, if you'd ever told me that, hey, you're going to have to wake up at 4 a.m. and drive to Ainsworth, uh, I'd been like, nah, not happening, <laughs> yeah. not happening. I wake up and I don't even think about it. Hop in the shower, go out on the truck, fire it up, kind of get ready for the day and gone. You know, that's uh, an average day on me when I drive out to Ainsworth <laughs> and back to my house, driveway to driveway. It's 286 miles. I will, And I tell guys, I would never contemplate driving my truck to the Omaha airport. And it's, I think it's shorter for me to drive to the Omaha airport than it's at the Ainsworth. That's <laughs> right. what it I is. remind all them Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. That's it funny. Is. Yeah, I tell them guys all the time out there, It's this is not the funnest <laughs> drive, but I enjoy it. And it's I, an easy drive. 
And this, yeah, <laughs> I've been out there a lot. I mean, like I said, I kill a lot of podcasts. In, my aunt lives in Ainsworth, so it's yeah, a, it's a, and that's a nice little town out there too. I've only been out there since I've been on the route. I'd never been out there any other time before this, yeah. and I've been out there. It is a nice little town. Yeah, I dated a girl from there for a while. Mm-hmm. No, so it's uh, well, like I said, yeah, I really love what I do, and and I wake up every day and I don't feel like work. And then I always say that you know, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And I put in some time and some effort, but I never feel like it doesn't. It's wasted. Yeah, on that side of thing. Would you? Uh, <clears throat> uh, do you do you regret at all going down there and doing that that you didn't get into the car racing deal no, or because it did open up some doors yeah um you know the top fuel dragster thing you know you know that was you a got cool that because unique, of that yeah. yep i wouldn't have got that any other way um some friendships you know i've got friends that are on professional race teams that i'm friends with on facebook and i you know yeah you see what they're doing and having live a good vicariously time. through them yeah exactly yeah. kind of a thing <laughs> and then you know to to take what we've done there, it's just some of the lessons I learned. I don't know if I'd have got anywhere else just because, you know, the, the perception, you know, that was the, the owner or the, the instructor of the school also owned the school and everything. And he, what he did was he had a shop and he trained guys and then they go work somewhere else. And then he'd hire another guy and he trained them and they go work somewhere else. He's like, why don't I just open a school? So he really taught us as a boss mentality of, Hey, so it's on on the job training. Correct, ascent almost in a sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, show up, be be clean, and and uh, take care, take pride in your work and everything. And I've just carried every all the life lessons I've got from there to what we do today. You know, and the lessons I learned there. You know, I'm still building my own race engines. I still get to use some of it, just not on a daily basis. Gotcha. That's really cool though that you you know going back to the trades and how important they are. Mm-hmm. I 100 believe in trade school. Like. Yeah. Go do that. You know, I know you guys have talked about pointless majors and everything like that. Like, I don't know. It just blows my mind. I don't wouldn't want to spend that much on something that pointless and I agree. not have a. I mean, Garen, I'm not doing what I went to school for, but I spent far less money and uh, than somebody on a four year bachelor's degree. That's exactly it. Yep. Which I did just see a. I saw a post somewhere that was talked. <clears throat> I don't remember. I saw it in glancing social media so didn't do any research on it but it would saying something that a lot of like half the country companies are they're getting rid of the bachelor degree requirements going into next year and stuff like that mm. so and i think that's what we're gonna and it seems like everything's a cyclical or uh or a pendulum swing i feel like we're bringing the pendulum back a little bit like, yeah we don't need to be doing degrees we need to be more specialized we need to be more focused and stuff like that and i've We've talked about it a lot, and like you, it's it's really good to have stuff like that. Oh yeah, we need we need electricians, plumbers, mechanics. You know, there's so much of that in in need right now. You know, when we were flipping our house, there was things we just couldn't find people for heating like, and heating and air. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. got back from Denver uh, <laughs> Monday night at seven o'clock. My parents' house. Mom walked in. We're doing chores, doing all that stuff. You know. Um, getting everything unloaded out of the trailers. She comes out. The house is 45 degrees. Oh, shit. It's cold, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it is what it is. And luckily we're, I mean, we all know where to start looking. We went looking and, you know, you look at your vents. We had all the snow and, you know, nothing on the vents, nothing here, nothing there. I opened, I took all the snow off the, I mean, they have propane mm-hmm. on a furnace and took the lid off the propane. I was like, well, this regulator is a little bit frosty. Maybe that's what it is. We go downstairs, kind of looking at the furnace. My brother goes, takes some warm water, puts on the regulator. We do the whole light the pilot thing, get it going, gets popping. But, 
you know, if we didn't have that, when we were on the phone or trying to get a hold of a HVAC guy, you know, that type of thing. And we ended up getting a hold of him after we got it going. But, you know, that's, that's one of those issues. You're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. yeah. 45 degrees. And it's, it's 10 degrees out it's there. It's not warming it's up anytime degrees soon. outside right now. Ooh, this is going to go fast. <laughs> we yeah. got to figure this out. Yep. And there's not enough of those people out there. No, but, I mean, no, no not at all. And I got lucky with my, the stuff we're doing in my basement. Yeah. But finding a contractor right now is it's tough. Volunteer. We went through a couple of them uh, when we were doing our flip house and stuff like that. It's just like, just, we couldn't get them to literally, they had so many projects that they, they just couldn't show, show up. up. Yep. It took one of them, the guys like three weeks to build a staircase, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yes. that's a day job. And, <laughs> you know, and people don't realize that and you can make good money and there's good benefits, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, I, I know one of my customers, um, Works for a local trash company, and he 100% plans on retiring there because the benefits are so good. Oh, sure. He's like, I make good money, and then when I retire, what they match and all this other benefits I get, this is going to, I could probably retire at 55. You know, you think somebody in a... Um, like driving truck trash or... Yeah, like a trash truck See, stuff. people think that that's like a... It's a good paying job. job. Yeah. It's They're a good tough job. job. Yeah. It's a it tough, tough job. job. Yeah. Especially this week with all the weather. Yeah. And everything yeah. Like it's, a t- yeah. it's a miserable job. I mean, you got, and you work, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, they don't want to put the work in for the good job mm-hmm. or for the money. And yeah, I get it. Everybody wants to work easier for more money. I'm that way. I'm guilty. Everybody wants to do it, but you still work. I mean, yep. I, I, I just, I mean, I have a full-time job and I have three other full-time jobs that aren't full-time, that aren't jobs that don't pay me anything type of thing. Right. You know, you yeah. do them, you just got to be busy type of deal. No, um, and it's it's funny, you know, and I just hope we could get back to a point where people want to come to work and, and mm-hmm. take pride in their job. You know, like COVID just destroyed pride in a lot of people's. It's been for the, I've noticed it as a, I've noticed it more on a younger generation. It's yeah. really, really hurt. Like mm-hmm. it. You can't get these people to work. You can't get them to show up. You, know, you can't. There's nothing you can do because yeah. it don't matter. I don't, and nothing motivates them. That's nothing. You know, I don't know what it would take to that point. Like well, I we're tell seeing people, a lot of talk of universal income. Yeah, UBI. That's 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 <clears> just great. Um, that you can't motivate them. You can't get them to think. Correct. Yeah, they want to read it on their phone and critical. It's just critical thinking to me. Like, and I get everything goes back to me. Like. Critical thinking. Think outside the box. Because I heard that growing up my whole life. Think outside the box. Like, uh, there where there's a will, there's a way. You know, all these cliches. And they all mean something. It's, it's true. It's like, I can't do this. Well, have you tried this? Well, no. Well, I mean, we have forklifts. We have cranes. We have magnets. We have pry bars. We have boards. There's a way we can do I promise you we can do it. Like, yep. There's always something. The same thing. If you want to get it done, you'll get it done. You'll get it done. We tell my kids that all the time. Uh, and that's a big thing that a lot of that has been lost. And like you talked about since COVID, it, it's, it's, it's a real thing, I think. <clears throat> Which scares me, you know. Like I said, every year I see the same group of age of kids, you know, the 18 to 19, 20-year-old. And it's just every year we just slip a little further away. <laughs> Everything I'm hearing is these younger ones are getting it. it I've been hearing good things about the next generation coming up. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't really know. But you hear like um, some of them were a little younger going through the COVID stuff. They kind of realized, hey, this isn't this isn't all right. And it seems like it's growing a little bit better, a little so. more thinking. Um, but that's really that's my number one hope is just more thinking by people. More just it's a pet peeve of mine. 
Like if you don't need to make the fir- the first attempt, the first thought, yeah, like that's all it takes. So you're one of the first actual fans of the podcast we've had on. Yeah. So what is your favorite part of both podcasts? What what is what what made you a fan? You know, it was just something because I do listen to a lot of podcasts just in general, a lot of racing stuff. You're and on the road a lot. Yeah, I, I have. You plenty. did tell me the first thing you told me was I've never listened to anything outside of a racing podcast. Yep, I was very true. I'd always yeah. listen to racing podcasts, and I don't even know why. It was just like, oh, yeah, I think it was the Abe Shaner episode. Yep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know Abe. I see him when I'm down at Motoplex and everything. I'll, I'll list, give it a listen. I really enjoyed it. And you said, oh, yeah, here's the try the uh, Dr. Jose um, episode, and I really enjoyed that and got a lot out of it. Um, I'll be honest, ever since then, so you said it, I know you were the same age. You're like, oh, I take vitamins, you know, try and take better, better care of myself. And I was like, I don't look at yet, but I'm getting there. I've lost, I've lost (laughs) about 10, 15 pounds. You can't see it, but. So that's actually like, I'm like, well, why don't I take better care of myself? So since that episode, since you told me that I, I did some research and found some vitamins I like, and I started eating a little bit better here lately. I'm trying to not eat because I'm on the road. Right. I don't have an easy access with my truck to like go park anywhere. So there's only a few places in town that I can realistically eat. Um, so I've started, uh, I'm subscribed to a meal service. So I get my food already, it gets shipped to me. Um, I've been doing that for two weeks, man. I've never felt better day That's in, awesome. day out. Um, I'm about a month into like vitamins and stuff, but I don't get that dip down. It's crazy. Um, it's nuts how you feel. If you feel your body right, you can get through. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like I said, I'm two weeks into the, like the hardcore and the meals and not eating out every day. But it was like one day I went to Taco John's and it was like 18, 19 bucks. I'm like, this is right. insane. <laughs> and you probably felt like shit. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. yeah, your guts rumbling later and everything. So no, I'm down like 10 pounds in a couple of weeks and I haven't done anything but just eat right. And that um, all came from the podcast. Yeah. I got it from the podcast just because I wanted to be better about it. You know, once you just made the same thing, we go back to thinking. It just made me think like, yeah. why can't I, I can do this easily. That's awesome to hear, actually. Yeah. I talk about it a lot. My my guilty or my uh, shameless or selfish, I'm selfish. Uh, the My biggest enjoyment out of this podcast, the uh, touching base, is I just I learn. I, learn I don't care who's here. Yeah. I, I just keep learning and learn. every every guest teaches me something about and I just love it. It, it to me it, I enjoy it. Like we talked about it ahead of time. I don't have questions. I just I'm listening to you and I'm going to figure it out as we go. No, that's how I feel too. Like that like I said I I've never I'd never really talked to Abe Bull. He was down at Motoplex or anything like that. And I'd seen him. I, hey, you yeah. know, like on the podcast, we talked for a few minutes and stuff like that. But just learning some of the background on all these people like I didn't really know um him or uh i never really talked to josh i'll be honest josh wasn't in favor of the racetrack when it came in so yeah. i had this bad picture of josh yeah. and yeah. It changed a, lo- a, a lot bit. of people a lot of people did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it just gives us an, another perspective on people and stuff like that and it just kind of enlightens the community and stuff and i don't i'm really latched onto it and i i am excited every thursday when you guys post this and everything <laughs> like that yeah it's on let's listen to it that's awesome perfect there's a few of you out there that are like a diehard that actually like reach out and and uh and talk about it, which is cool. We, for all you out there, we want more of that. Yeah, <laughs> share it on Facebook, like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any critiques for us on either one of the podcasts? No, not really. I've really like for what you guys are doing. Like, I enjoy it. You know how you split it up between the two. That works out really well. Do you like that? How yeah, I do. Because then you can just get more in depth and stuff. Because there's some stuff I'm sure some guests just don't want to really dive into. We don't want to push anybody into a right. point yeah. they don't want to go. This is more. This podcast is more guest centric. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
It's so about no, it really what you're out. about as opposed to what our opinions are, really. We want to know what your life is. And, and just showcase people around town. Like, yeah. there's people that I had no mm. idea. I didn't I didn't know anything about Sam. Yeah, I was, uh, Sam. I was just trying to think of his name from the Y and everything. Like, yeah. that's really cool, you know, that I didn't know anybody around here was that big into the powerlifting and everything. Yep, yep. Him and Jay Belts and yeah, um, Jay I was awesome. About Jay, so I listened to that one. Jay is actually uh, one of his daughters was married to one of my customers, and I donated stuff to the benefit. But I and I knew he's in a bad motorcycle wreck, but mm-hmm. I didn't know anything else besides him on that. Yeah. So that was really eye opening. That was a really really good episode. And I enjoyed that one. That was a good one. The one that's going to come out. We're we're recording this on Wednesday the seventeenth. So tomorrow, Chase Calkins will be dropping. So you won't hear this well, whatever. But his his is going to be. He's a he's a research analyst for a meteorological research company they do like government contracts and his his will be different we'll see we'll see how that one <laughs> how that one comes about but, but either way i'm excited just because yeah. it's just somebody new like it's just shedding light you know oh, yeah, and he's working for a company in boston many people probably have no idea that we have somebody that does that kind of work here in town yeah i didn't know yeah, everything's just so much bigger than people realize too mm-hmm. you know just uh even though we're just small i always say norfolk's like a big small town but that's just there's a lot of exposure and stuff like that. Yep. And I have gotten a little bit of flack that we haven't had any women on yet. I, they're on the list. They're on. They just have, we've had to push them back a little bit. One, we didn't want them in in this room. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a, this is, it works. It works really well. It works. It, it works. We it's get, crude for us. As you I mean, said, it gets a little hot. Yep. Yeah, it's warm. We get a little sweaty. So that yeah. does, sometimes there is a little BO in here. So we, <laughs> we try to keep it a little, but we've had, Anita's been a co-host. Yeah. And, yeah. See, to me, that's not even like, I haven't even processed that. I didn't. Until you just said it, nobody's told me that, but I didn't yeah. think about it. <laughs> so we, um, we, there are there are some scheduled yep. already. We're we're already scheduled almost to the end end of February. We're now we're now recording weeks like a week ahead of time, which is yeah. I think is that's awesome. Nice. That helps you. Um, like I I talked to Zach, but when Zach started this wanting the touching base one, I was like, and and I get. <clears throat> he wanted the Norfolk and Norfolk area and the Northeast Nebraska and, and you can still do the Northeast Nebraska, but like our, I think I want, I want people to realize that our little corner of the world in Nebraska literally has feet that go international. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like we have people that have done everything everywhere, internationally, nationally. It's crazy. It's crazy. And the, the amount of context we, everybody has and, uh, I, I know everybody's got the same amount of contacts, but we could get anybody like the, our little corner of the world has made a massive impact in the world, I believe. But And every guest we've had brings in more listeners. Yep. I believe that. Um, which was the point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I chose Almost by design. <laughs> I chose the guest list very specifically <laughs> in the first 15, 16 episodes um, for that reason. Uh, obviously I told you we're at like a hundred about averaging a hundred listeners per episode. Abe's got almost uh, Abe's almost at the two hundred mark. Mm. Um, Andrew's at like the one thirty. Van and Kathy are right around the same. Uh, I haven't seen him from a while. Spot, so. but I was a little nervous when I seen that one. I mean, it was a little over three hours. I was like, man, we'll see how this goes. And we're at two and a half. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like we talked about. It. I didn't. I was nervous about an hour and a half. Yeah, trust me. We we do. Like, like I said, I, I'm not trying to boast us at all because you obviously answered very well. But I try to make sure we at least hit two hours, usually. I'll throw in whatever I got to throw in. Random questions yeah. or anything, just throw me <laughs> off track. Yep. Well, and usually Vance will, I can usually account Vance for about 30 minutes of content, mm-hmm. at least. So that that works out. Um, Sometimes I'm winded. 
Or I, I got a lot of hot air sometimes, so it happens. <laughs> got to get out once in a while. <laughs> do you enjoy the useless assumptions one? Yeah, I do. I, it's just a different outtake because, I, like I said, I'm not very political. I don't really watch the news. Um, so it just kind of opens up some stuff that I did not know what was going on. So mm -hmm. it just kind of broadens my horizons on that. I'll be honest. I've followed a couple news places on Twitter, and I get a little bit of information from there. Awesome. So it's been a little beneficial for you? Mm -hmm. That's good. We, we haven't pushed that podcast as much. No, there's some good stuff on there. And like yeah. I said, you can. We will yeah. in the future. I wanted this one to kind of be the main thing. We'll you know, get, like, get off, we'll just get off the get off, get the, off the ground, the ground mm -hmm. before we start throwing out <laughs> stuff we <laughs> yeah, throw out. Yeah, right, right. One. Get a good uh -oh. following that can <laughs> yeah. that can back you up there for a little yeah, while. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to plug or anything else you want to? No, you know, the probably the biggest thing is, and I kind of wanted to say this earlier, is you know. Uh, how I'm just, we're all small businesses and stuff like that. Just be, I'd like people to realize that in the time and age we're at, you know, um, buy local. Well, you know, I know you guys yep. talk about it. Buy local, you we know. Um, Probably think not of enough, the small guy, you yeah. know, and that's what, you know, I'd really try that. I'll be honest. I, I bought a snowblower here a couple weeks ago and I had to really think like, okay, I don't want to go to Menards because they don't sell service. Yep. You know, yeah. if something happens, the place I bought it from is going to take care of me. Yep. You know, just stuff like that. You know, really be like-minded, especially with this year. You know, we really don't know what it's all going to bring. I want people to think of the small businesses, you know. Uh, we sponsor softball teams. I do sponsor a racing series. You know, there's a lot of small things that the big corporations don't do. Yeah. Just be mindful of that. And it's not just that. It's when, you, when you're buying local, try to – I'm, I'm going to try to say this in the best light – when you're buying local, also try to buy from somebody who will keep the money in town. Correct. Yep. Who will also buy local. Yep. That's I what like we're that. <clears throat> Keeping the money in the same you know city. Yeah, I, I hate I, that. I'll be honest. Um, and I know people shop around on cars and stuff like that. I hate it when I see like Sid Dillon on Fremont or, you know, like place up in South Dakota. It's like, we you took our money from here in town and you went up there, you know. About mine in Pierce, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That's just it. Like we try and buy all our vehicles within, you know, because obviously I deal with a lot of dealerships. We kind of spread the love and it's not like we buy new vehicles every week. But like we spread the love a little bit, but like we do business with people that do business with us. It's hard in my area of business to, you know, I can only buy so many houses, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. And I've got a lot of people I know in real estate. Well, I had to, had yeah. to choose it's one for each tough. one. Um, but I try to spread the love to you on certain things, restaurants, um, things that you can go to multiple times. It's hard. <clears throat> it's kind of, again, it's one of those give and takes and push and pulls and it's something that we all fight with because convenience is super easy. Oh yeah. It's hard to fight convenience and, uh, and price I'm guilty, sometimes, I'm right? guilty of going to Amazon's. Oh yeah. I'm at home. Well, some I need some this. of that stuff you can't get like this, this, what I just bought here, I can't get at a local store. Yeah. And, and I get that, but and then some things it's like, well, I could run to wherever, and I understand some of the stores they're not local per se, but they hire local people, right? And so I look at it that way also. But it's just really easy. I'm just sitting on my couch. You're I like, just oh, need, yeah, this. I need this. Oh my god, I'm just gonna just gonna boop, be here Friday, boop, and I got it in two days. It's, it's We're all really guilty of it. That it's way. a convenience It's hard thing. to fight when we moved. Right before Christmas, I started buying the bulk of what we would normally buy our groceries, like your produce and any kind of what I always call the outside aisles, your meats, your oh, produce, yeah. your um, whatever. Bakery. You know, somewhat bakery. And then some of your other items I've been buying at HealthWorks downtown. Local you, business. You talked about that the other day. Yeah. Um, we buy all of our produce. It's all organic. Because um, I, I, did, I, did I talk on the podcast about how... If you if you 
let's go buy a pack of strawberries at the store that's not organic and they juiced them and squeezed them out that you did you that could, on with you and Ryan were talking about did that. I? Yep. if you squeezed them out you could reapply the pesticides to the next field out of the strawberries they just juiced that's crazy scared the piss out of me when I heard that yeah that's insane <clears throat> Now, I don't know what the truth was to that. That was Gary uh, Brecka. It's but it's probably not far off. I mean the 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 fruit industry is a little bit different, but yeah, it's I wouldn't surprise me. Well, I kind of I've been following the carnivore diet ish type thing. So the berries are what they say you can eat on there. So I've been yeah. getting those from health. Like that's cool. If you, if you ever if you ever have the chance, go check out HealthWorks and see what they got. Make sure you kind of they don't have the prices on the stuff. So if you have a budget, you need to pick and choose what you get. But most of their produce is about the same you're going to spend or less for organic than you'll spend at Walmart or Ivy. Hmm. See, that's the crazy thing with trying to be healthy. It's crazy how expensive it can be, you know, on some of that stuff. You got to mm-hmm. be, you got to really chop or, you know, like this, like I didn't know about that down there. You, you just got to cut out the sh- the shit you were maybe eating before. Mm-hmm. If you were buying, I don't know. You got to get rid of the, uh, the fluff, fluff, if you want to call it that. <laughs> the fluff and the, the anything snacks. with preservatives and yeah. stuff like that. Because then you're going to cut out some of that money. But if you get your your main, your main like your proteins, proteins can be super cheap to buy. I talk about it a lot. I and I took my first trip a, there. This is a shame, huh? Oh yeah, you talk. Yeah, my, it's a shameless plug. I bring them up all the time, and I mean, I go down there. And they have nothing to do with this podcast, but I go to Burish all the time. If you haven't been there, it's worth it. It's really good. Um, Me and my brother go down there all the time, and we'll buy, we'll buy. You can buy whole rolls of chuck roast. It's a twenty pound chuck roast for four dollars a pound, four fifty a pound. Make good steaks out of that. We cut them up into steaks, and we'll cook them. And so you can eat really well. And they're like the steaks that we cut. Two steaks is uh, it's almost a pound and a half in two steaks. It's it's. Two steaks is two meals for me and my brother, basically. Uh, so it, it can happen. You can feed yourself really well. Hamburger, if you buy hamburger in bulk from wherever, I mean, you can get it cheap. My wife's definitely got that down. She bought a whole cow yep, and a whole pig. the best way to do it. He talks oh, about it Oh, man. We got so much freaking meat. It's the best way yep. to do it. As so, long as you have the freezer space, that's the, in my opinion, it's the only way to do it. And you got to get it through your, a lot of people don't realize, it's, it's not everybody, but some people get, they don't understand when you buy a quarter or a half or a, a full cow, they think it's all going to be steaks. No, you're getting a quarter get of so much the, stuff. You're getting a quarter of these steaks. You're getting a quarter of these steaks. You're getting a quarter of the roast. You're getting a quarter of the hamburger. You're, I mean, you just everything gets split up. And you can also get if you if you're big into hamburger, you can get some of that ground in hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Whole, we have, oh man, whole we cow have so much. It's really good. I've, we've we've taken some cows in that you know coal cows. For whole cow mm-hmm. hamburger. Oh my god, that's good. That's good eating right there. Yeah, since we moved, I haven't. We haven't ate out once. Really? I've cooked every meal at home. That's awesome. Just see, I'm a terrible to... cook. That's my problem. And that's another thing. Like you can cook meat. Yeah, I can cook meat. Yeah. I can do basic stuff like that. But I'm for the most part. I'm, I'm a pretty good. I mean, mom, mom taught me well. I'm a pretty good cook, and I've taught myself some things. But it's not hard. I mean, even just following the carnivore diet is not difficult. Yeah. Meat, eggs, berries. See, I'm trying to be a little more conscious of that just because now, like I said, I'm feeling way better and I want to keep going that Even way. Even just moving, like, the, what, what's the, what do you eat the most of? 
Like, what's like your go to? I eat a lot of cardboard pizza, <laughs> tombstone pizza. I, oh my god, that's I, my, not tombstone is not my favorite. Jack's is my favorite. See, I'm not a big Jack's fan. I oh. like tombstone pizza. My wife will try and buy some you other like ones that. and be like, no, the, you just need to eat yeah, tombstone. tombstone. I don't care what's on sale. I, guess buy, I, buy tombstone. I don't have an alternative for that quick and easy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the Jack's guy that's like, I can't eat any of the other pizzas except for Jack's. So yeah, I, she'll try and be oh. fancy and stuff like that and get these other better ones. The like, nose no. and stuff. Yeah. No, no, get that out of here. Yeah. I don't want that. The Shorno's not worth it. No, not anymore. I need that. I'm going to put it on my smoker and I need it just <laughs> crispier than like I need to break my teeth on it when I eat it. But I've been eating like a lot of steak and eggs in the morning, um, which sounds expensive. It's really not. If you if you buy a whole cow. So we have chickens. Yeah. So eggs are free. Well, there yeah, you go. See, you got your yep. own eggs. Oh, we there. Fresh eggs are so yeah, they're really much good. better. That's what we do. We got two two or three families that go to daycare that have chickens, and we just buy their eggs. Oh, I was selling them off on the tool truck there for a little while. At yeah. one point in time, we had so many eggs. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, so we much to, better. Oh, yeah. Our awesome. farm, fresh eggs, are they're yellow. They're bright yellow. They taste so much better. Bright, oh, almost like an orange, like a milky orange. Oh, it's so good. I love <laughs> fresh. I love farm eggs. There's a whole tangent we just got on. Yeah, that <laughs> really exploded. Um, I don't want to take care of chickens, but I want somebody yeah, else to take care of chickens. So but I can but have my kids eggs. take care of them. I don't do nothing with the animals. <laughs> if anybody That's... actually knows me, I am not an animal guy, but <laughs> wife and the kids, I'll get I'll that. I'll work on cars. I won't do <laughs> exactly. But I, I do love. Um, I do love that you that you took something from the podcast and and yeah, are it's trying really, to live yeah, it. it's all been awesome. You know, um, I really feel like I'm going to try and keep this moving. Like I said, I'm down like 10 pounds in two weeks. And you and I, feel good. I feel really good, actually. Um, so, yeah, I want to keep rolling like this and and feel better. I'm actually excited. You know, come race season, they, oh, that's my biggest deterrent. It's like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to go down there and work on the right. car after a hot day. But, like, I'm excited, you know, to keep getting healthier on some of this sense. Like I said, my bank account looks a heck of a lot mm. better, too, from not eating out. Isn't it crazy? Nowadays, yeah. uh, eating out, and you talked about the expense of eating healthy, but it's really, if you add up all the times maybe you ate out, it's probably not oh, that. Oh, it's insane because yeah. my wife makes fun of me because there'd be days, I have one specific day, and she always, she knows it's that day. So I'll eat breakfast at the house, and then I'm in a town with a Casey's, and I'll get second breakfast there <laughs> because in the other town I'm in, I really don't like what they have for lunch there, so I'll kind of eat a smaller lunch, and then I'm in another town later that I might grab something in. So, yeah, I was stopping at a gas station two, three, maybe four times a day to get food, and it's like, yep, yeah. That was that's that ten pounds right there, dude. It's crazy, yeah. And I don't <laughs> drink as much pop anymore. I try to eat some, or drink something healthy in the morning. So yeah, I uh, I got rid of full pop. It's been almost a year now. I couldn't. I don't think year. I can totally give it away. I've I been drink, pretty impressed with. So I drink Zevia. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, I haven't. You, you can give it a try. It's gonna be a cult. It's gonna be a a shock for you at first, but I believe that I got Kai turned on it. She was a Dr Pepper freak forever. I see. I was every every morning outside drinking Dr Pepper. I got I'm her. A, a Dr Pepper's my. It's my killer. Yeah. <laughs> I will go. I like. It, it, I don't know if I've said this or not, but I may have told you every Lent. I basically give up pop for Lent because I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic, and you got to give some up. So I give up pop, and I can do it. And it's brutal. So like, you should do. And I'll go like six months, seven months. I'll go all the way to like August or something, and then I'll have that first Dr Pepper, and it's fucking over. So during Lent, you should just drink this Dr Zevia, and then you won't even like because no, I don't. I don't want to do that. But then you won't even like Dr Pepper afterwards. Trust me, you won't. I drink. I already, I drink It'll be the, too sweet for you. How do they drink the bangs and the rains? And I get the caffeine. Get those out too. I can't. That's you not can't. Happen. I guarantee that wasn't, you that's not gonna happen. <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's got caffeine in it. Small steps. It's got caffeine in it. Yeah, but it does. it'd be I, tough to I'm totally like, give up like an energy. I don't drink a ton of energy drink. I used to drink a lot of energy drinks, but I drink about maybe. I'm one gonna need a week. that. 
I'm going to need that DeMar Hamlin before I give those up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so if you if you want to try it, it's yeah. a, it, HealthWorks does give discounts if you buy in bulk. Um, and it's a little more expensive at Hy-Vee. You can get it at Hy-Vee, too. But it's all... Uh, a powder? Na- no, it's a canned pop, but it's natural sweetener. It's not an artificial sweetener. Natural sweetener, no That's sugars. It's still pop. It's not. There's, there's, it's zero calories, zero... Trust me, I have... I have probably lost more weight just cutting out sugary drinks. That's what I'm sure. Like ten, all ten of my pounds is probably from is just yeah, not. It's drinking. very carbonated. Oh, a lot of weight. Yeah, taking sugar drinks out. Yeah, if you, it, it's very carbonated, so like if you get bloated on it, you just pour it into a cup instead. Let it do its thing. But I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, it's all I. If I drink pop, that's what I'm drinking. Hmm. So I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I got him. Well, sometime next day you came over, we'll have a little whiskey and Zevia. <laughs> we'll get Cam over too, and we'll have yeah. <laughs> try it out. Yeah, live reaction. I'm not have the whiskey. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do it. We'll get tequila. Cam on again. On Maybe some tequila and some Zevia, something lime. We'll get you like the lime, some lime, the lemon lime. Zevia. There you go. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Tangent stopped. So you enjoy the podcast, which is good. I think that's great. That's how yeah. you got on here. You yeah. reached out to me. I'm like, I didn't even like that'd be cool. We don't. We're probably not going to get another racer on here. So yeah, never. And it's not like I ever thought of like when you no, told you me you're know. like, oh yeah, like be on there. Like, let's make it clear. He didn't ask to be on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I asked definitely. him to be on the podcast. Yeah, because I would never have like been like I don't have that. I mean, yeah, I'm racing and stuff like that. But and what about being the entrepreneur and everything like that? But I'd never contemplated being on here or anything. But no. It, I'd tell everybody to go listen to all the episodes. There's some great information and just there's good people around Norfolk and yeah. I'd never heard any of these stories had it not been for this. Yeah. And we've got some good ones coming up too. So, I mean, listen, like, Keep it share, up. give, give Cam a good listen. Let's get him up there in the, in the listens when this comes out and um, we'll promote the heck out of it. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. This was a gonna, good time. I really enjoyed it. it here and yeah. And on a good note, Yep. Thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. It was like I said, I was a little nervous when we sat down. For anybody in the future, I was pretty nervous when I sat down, but nope, it's pretty organic. We make it pretty easy. Yeah. It's not too hard. We don't ask too many hard questions. We don't bite. <laughs> yeah. I try not to bite, anyways. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys next time.